Well, there goes. There we go. The Neighborhood. Good morning, everybody, and welcome. We are live on this Saturday morning, February 4th. 2023. Cold enough for you? Uh, Dude, why are you dressed like a lumberjack? I like it. Oh, because, yeah, actually, you know, it's cold in this room, but is it me or when you were growing up, you know, back in. in it's so pretty. I love that shirt. Thank that you, shirt man. was $8 at Marshall's. I, I $8. Nice. So, but I remember everybody's complaining, oh, it's so cold, it's so cold. It, yeah, okay, it's cold out. But no, it's not so cold. It's uh, that they change the weather so much. What do you mean? That it's hot and cold, hot and cold. Oh yeah, but this is a real cold front, cold blast. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. Growing up, we had a thermometer outside the kitchen window, mm. or even before even living in Brooklyn, we used to have a thermometer that we could look at mm -hmm. uh, for the temperature. Don't you remember? Some days, almost every winter. You would look on the thing, and it would be under zero, zero Fahrenheit. I never looked, I never had a thermometer, but I do remember, I remember many, not many, but I do remember snow days where oh, there was yeah. some, you know, like yeah. that, that's something I don't think kids today um, get as much as we did. I remember getting a lot of snow days. I remember a lot. Um, once a year, you get two or three days, which is actually pretty typical for college and, and university mm -hmm. and, and local schools too but this this idea of oh it's whatever it is there's a place apparently in new hampshire yeah. right now where it's colder than mars <laughs> i'm not kidding i mean mars has very great fluctuations in temperature is but... it colder than pluto or uranus <laughs> oh my anus no I was, your anus is hot babe. no but but apparently it's like there's a there's this mount washington thing well, they've measured it. I don't Isn't know if it's the wind chill, but Washington? with the wind Mount Washington in New Hampshire, where the wind chill is 110 oh. below zero, mm. like in America, like this place yeah, in New Hampshire. Yeah. No, I know what you're saying. But no, I, I, we, I've never been in 110 below conditions, but minus two, minus what three. What about like people who go to college in Saskatchewan? They have yeah. like you can't wait outside for people. They have tunnels. Where does the yeah. Not Chicago. Where did what city did we visit where they had tunnels the same way? Was it Minnesota? Or I think it was North Dakota. One of the places we went, they had should have been North Dakota, but it was like, Minnesota. Yeah. They showed us like tunnels, like uh, like sky bridges and tunnels, and they're like, oh, you don't go out at yeah, all. You go from building to building. Yes. On, in, internal, which I think is fantastic. Mm. I think I think I wish um, a particular university that we both taught at had this thing where you could get right to the parking garage without at all having to go outside because mm -hmm. we get a lot of rain in Maryland. Mm -hmm. So it'd be nice on a rainy day. It's close enough. You got these buildings. How about just one long parapet that you could always sort of be underneath something, no matter what, let, let alone. As, although again, you know, so, okay. So it's cold outside. It was cold last night. I went down to 14 degrees and people were like 14 with a wind chill of minus three. Wow. The temperature is minus two. What's today? Give me your phone. I'll tell you. Today shouldn't be that bad. Today should be back up into the 30s. And then, wonderfully enough, we'll hit 50-something. Oh, it was so funny that, what? Um, hmm. that uh, my friend was saying it, it's like spray. It was like ice spray or something. He said, what is it, cats? It said something like 
yesterday was like something with ice. Um, or probably in the early morning when it there was, was a little like, bit of snow-ish. What do cats do? They spray? They spray? Yeah. So yeah. it was like uh, ice chill spraying or something. And he's Ugh. like, what is that, cats? Well, gas I've had. Cats, C-A-T-S, cats. Well, let's see. It doesn't say it today, it just says... Well, it looks like it's 16 degrees right now. It's 16, but because this feels like 7, it's going to go up to 30. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Hello, it's winter. It's February. And and I don't know if we have a Maryland version of Punxsutawney Phil. But they did it, I think. I think they must have. Every state does something. Punxsutawney said, oh, six more weeks of winter. As if there wouldn't be. As if there would be five weeks and six days instead. Fake day, but I don't think there's such a. Let's do 10 days. I don't think there. Look at this. What? Okay. Yeah. So today the high is 32, right? Yeah. Cold. Woo. Tomorrow the high is 40, 49. Monday's 50. Tuesday's 52. Wednesday's 59. 59. 59. 59. That's almost as good as 60. No, I guess nothing as good as 69, but you know. Thank you. Thank you very much. But how can how could it fluctuate? That's what I don't get. I'm looking at like... Yeah. Well, come on. When we lived in Colorado, you and know... look at this. Well, yeah. It says Thursday. Uh -huh. Oh, I thought it said snow showers. Showers. But it's going to be 60. Friday, 60. Saturday, 45. Then it's 40. I'll take this winter for sure. But how is it... Yeah. Well, remember, we lived in Colorado, no, and we would get up in the morning know, on, on the same day. I don't get it. It would be 25 degrees out when you get up at like 6 or 7 in the morning. And then by the middle of the afternoon, kids were running around in shorts playing Frisbee because it was 60. Can I take your John Hopkins survey, John Hopkins survey for you? Sure. Was it good? Yeah, I have no complaint. Okay. I went, to, so I'll tell everybody. Okay, I'll take I went survey. for uh, my eye exam. Which I've been a bad them, one. Both of them. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know that's true? It's not, it's not an eye exam. It's an eyes exam. He doesn't just kind of look at one. He says, you'll come back next week for the other one. It's like, David, it's an eyes. It it's says, two of them. David Lefkowitz, yeah. or your parent, or guardian. I'm going to be your guardian. You'll be my guardian. Oh, Yay. Oh, okay. Yeah, hell, you're paying my insurance. So, yeah, you are kind of my guardian. Um, but I've been a bad boy in terms of all the stuff that I should have been doing over the past couple of years, but with moving and with, uh, with you know, living not in Colorado anymore, but in New York and before we moved here and with the pandemic, it was just like, I'm not, you know, didn't deal with a dentist, which was stupid. Didn't go to have my eyes checked. Haven't been really to a GP. Uh, I, can't, I can't, literally can't remember the last time I went to a doctor and it was probably just because I was under the weather a bit. Last thing I had checked was going to the Walgreens drive-in to confirm that I had COVID a year and a half ago. So, um, I, uh, I said, you know, it's time. It's time. We have insurance, uh, you know, living life again. It's been about four years since a doctor checked into these. So, go to the optometrist, as, as Joyce said, at Johns Hopkins. And perfectly good guy. Uh, not... Not Mr., um, shall we say, I don't want to say Mr. Warren, but he's not Mr. Excitement. <laughs> he's, he's very low, low energy, but I like it. Yeah, low energy, very smart guy, very, very Did decent fellow. Did the staff help you with the visit? No. Okay. No, they're the nice ladies at the front desk. Man, it's, it's a meal. It's a meal. You, you, you go in on a morning, and there's 50 other people sort of waiting around in this waiting room. 
which is even even post COVID is a little bit disconcerting because you don't want to sit I next to anyone. Glasses, that's where I moved. Oh, once they get you, yeah, they move you into another waiting area, which is much more pleasant. How would you rate your overall health, baby? I'm I'm as as my eye doctor said, who kept hocking me. My eye doctor had let me let me Wait, yeah, yeah. Let me just ask you, excellent, very good, good, fair, poor. As far as I know, I'm answering the question. It's like as far as I know, I'm excellent. But my eye doctor kept hocking me. He wasn't even concerned about my eyes. He said, yeah, your, your vision's fine. You, you can use readers if you want to read. I don't need to give you a prescription. You got, if somebody told you that you had a little, little baby, baby cataract at some point, I don't even, I don't see it. Wow. Uh, you, no glaucoma, nothing. But, you know, you're telling me that you haven't been to a doctor or gotten a blood test or a checkup in like two or three decades. You're 59 years old. What are you, a moron? He didn't, he didn't say that in Wait, okay, those so words. Okay, so let me ask you then. Yeah. In general, since you said that, how would you rate your overall mental or emotional health? <laughs> mental? Yes, yeah. <laughs> I think I would let you rate my mental health, dear. Now, you tell me, would you say your mental health is excellent, very good, good, fair, poor? I think my mental health is just fine. So what does that mean, excellent? Uh, good, your name poor. again? No, no, what would you want? Uh, uh, no, uh, there's always that worry about uh, Alzheimer's, but I don't think I have that. Excellent, very good, good, fair, poor. What? I just said excellent for my oh. mental or physical health. Yeah. Okay, okay that's fine. Well, so we're doing this, this okay, survey okay, now. Fine. Yeah. You're fine. Good, good. But no, he was he was a cool guy, but he was more concerned with literally. I mean, he, he's like the Jewish mother of you must go to a doc, you have to go to a GP. It's very tough to get a GP these days, but you have to go get one and get yourself checked. And I'm like, I'm needle-phobic. You got boosters, you went to the, yeah, I got, I have, you know, the two COVID shots and I got two boosters. And he says, so? <laughs> I mean, and I am 12 times more animated than this guy could ever possibly be. In his most excited times, I don't know if he has children, but if, if he, on his honeymoon, he finally got to strip his wife. I'm still more excited right now than this doctor was achieving orgasm with his bride. You know? On the I, I'm guessing he was, a, he was a good dude. It was just kind of funny. I mean, you know how it is when when they listen but they don't really listen. So they ask a question and you answer it and probably even take down the information. And because you're taking down the information, you don't have to keep it in your head. So he asked me like. Literally, hey, um, you mentioned that you have some glaucoma in your family. So where was I? So my maternal grandmother, my mom's mom. And then like five, uh, two minutes later, it's like, so right, the, was that on your paternal? It's like, no, my maternal. And then I go out of the room for 25 minutes while my eyes are you know, the size of saucers. Maybe he was testing your mental health. You think? I think so. Oh, maybe. You know, to see if you were still with it. And I still yeah. remember whose grandma yes. and, and which side my grandma. Look what the word know. of today, today is. That's not my word. <laughs> Joyce's word was subtle. No, subtle. not my word. It's New York Times word of the day, subtle. Subtle. Um, oh, I got Wordle this morning in four wow. goes You're as opposed smart, to three David. because. But I don't do the, the, the so called easy thing. I'm not using like. Adu or slate or those starter words. Sometimes I'm trying to just start with a word that occurs to me or is special to that day. So I started with a word blank for Wordle uh, today. And it took me four as opposed to six. You know, it was pretty good. I could have gotten three, but I guessed I had two choices. I guessed the obvious choice I should have gotten for the slate. I don't even know how to play Wordle. Oh, Wordle is great. But I chose the word blank. 
very specifically because we're calling this episode Blank Space, baby, because our guest in the neighborhood is an orchestrator, a Broadway and classical composer, and a, an orchestra conductor by the name of Larry Blank. Uh, he'll be with us in about 15 minutes. He's going to talk about his life, about all the, the shows he's worked on, all the people that he has worked with, about music and life and other things. He'll be talking to Rabbi Sol Solomon because Larry Blank has written the book, I Was Playing Their Song. So wow. he's written a memoir about his life. Wow, that's a great title. I was playing their song. And you can get it on Amazon or Kindle or all the usual places that you get your books. Why would you get this book? Well, you're going to listen to Larry Blank. He's going to uh, be interviewed <clears throat> excuse me, by the great Rabbi Saul Solomon. And then you'll realize, hey, this guy's got stories to tell. This guy's had a life in music. I want to hear it. So Larry Blank coming at us in just a little while with the great Jewish Rabbi Saul Solomon, founder and spiritual leader of Temple Sons of Bitches in Great Neck, New York. Larry will also stay on to play the, what do you need? Where's the rabbi's kit? The rabbi and his kit are in the closet. Uh, Not that Rabbi Saul is in the closet. Oh, is, he, <laughs> is he in the closet? Yet? His garb. Thank you, babe. Wow, I totally forgot to, to get the rabbi's necessary ointments and medications. Shame on me. I know, I know, I'm a French stickler. But uh, she just said I'm a stickler. So, so uh, Rabbi Saul, who will be with us, as will Larry Blank, who will stay on to play the Today Yesterday trivia game with our beloved regular contestants, David Sheward and Leslie Hoban Blake. David Sheward is a theater critic for uh, Cultural Daily, and um, oh my God, it, it's been a while since he's been on the show. So it's um, Cultural Daily, TheaterLife.com. Boom. As well as his own blog called The David Desk. He's also the former um, managing editor of Backstage and the former president of the Drama Desk. So yeah, David Sheward with us as well as Leslie Hoban Blake. She is a former actress and a longtime theater critic who does the weekly or well, bi-weekly theater review TV program, Two on the Isle, with our friend Charlie Gross. So yeah, stick around for that, because we'll be playing trivia with them. And then we will also have Greeny Crimes and Old Times. Perfect, thank you. And um, our Colorado Limerick of the Damned, where we will be going to Indian Hills, Colorado, for a tasteless, disgusting, and rude poem, Indian Hills, Colorado. So what else do I have to, do I have to talk about um, before we get to, oh, oh, and <laughs> before you sit, before you sit, we need the book. The book which is on my filing cabinet, please, in my office. Because I'm in Joyce's office at the moment. Joyce, my darling and adorable wife. Joyce, Joyce with a sir on the end. The, the paperback book that is there on the cabinet. You must see it. Under it, near it. We found this in the, you know how you go to these things, I don't know, if, probably don't have them in New York so much, but in rural towns, we have them in Colorado, we have them here, where people on like street corners have lending book places. It's like a birdhouse. It's like a little birdhouse. 
but you open the door and you can either leave books that you've read or you want to get rid of, or people kind of leave them for you. And you can take a book and you can return it or never return it. And it's sort of a free take me, take one, leave one lending issue. This is not the one you want. No, that's not the one I want. You know what I want. Oh, it's not there? It's on my desk? It shouldn't still be downstairs. Oh, no. This is this is disturbing, ladies and gentlemen. But um, hmm, hmm. I felt sure I brought it up, unless it's uh, in my uh, closet, maybe. Before you go downstairs, maybe check that I didn't put it in the closet. Because this is this is. This is worth waiting for, ladies and gentlemen. So, so they have these things, and they even have one in the market where we shop for Joyce's vegetables and fruits because she's a vegetarian, so we go to this cool place called Mom's that has really good produce. And they have inside one of these birdhouse things where you put books and take books. So I found this book with one of the greatest titles in the history of history of history. And... It's not an unknown book. Okay. Well, you, well, you won't get on camera. No, let me look. You just tell me. Um, no, I, you, it's in the, the three places that I thought it had to be. So where can it be? Can you can you come here? Because this is important. And I should have done this before the show started, but I got involved. Can you just come here and wave at the camera for about thirty seconds? Are you upstairs? Because I purposely, I wanted to get this ready. What? Uh-oh. Don't break anything. Excellent. Where was it? All right, I'll deal with it when I have to deal with it. Bottom of your closet behind some stuff. Right, it's probably another book blocking you at the moment or something. I don't yeah, know. but it wasn't. It wasn't on, on your desk. On your yeah, desk. yeah I probably moved it because I wanted I to clear something up. What? I don't want to close your drawer at the moment. Close the drawer or, or the, the cabinet. Yeah. Great. All right. Well, we'll yeah. figure it out. Um. Anyway. So, there's a book. And this book, amazingly enough, was like part of Oprah's book club. I'll read you a little bit of the, what can I read? No, no, no. Uh, let's just say this is the astonishing memoir of a vivid, tenacious, and absolutely unforgettable woman whose courage and resourcefulness kept her and her beloved safe. Da, da, da. All right. A lot of, lot of things that you could call this book. I just love the title, and this is truly a memoir. It's been, it was written by a woman in her 70s about what happened to her many, many years earlier. But here we go. I know I built this up beyond, <laughs> beyond all rational thought. But here, here comes the book. This is the paperback version, which I was able to find. Some girls, which no, it's not about the Rolling Stones, nothing to do with them. Some girls... Yes. Some hats. That's nice. Some girls, some hats, and Hitler. <laughs> but 
but tell them why. Tell them, tell them why. Tell them why. Well, she, when she was young, she had to get the hell out of Austria. Uh, <laughs> it's a Holocaust story. Vienna, 1938. Trudy Cantor, stunning and charismatic, <clears throat> is a renowned hat designer. Hat designers who can't. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I need to take it out. Yeah, this is a... Mm. Ah. <coughs> a hat designer. Why don't you take another sip? For Europe's most fashionable women. And look at what the cup says. Mm. This is for uh, Rabbi Saul in a moment. Mm. Oh, wow. Uh, How did you put cup 922? Did you put honey in there? Yes. <clears throat> no, I put... um. Okay, I got it. Honey, that's what helps your yeah. ah. Well, I just need to swallow and get rid of that little dry, yeah. that tickle that I get. Hold on. Oh, dear. What an interesting <laughs> program this is. <laughs> First, we took a health survey. <laughs> then, I roamed around the house trying to find stuff. She and her family embark on an incredible What's journey. Her name? What's her name? I'll look it up. What's what? The author's name. Trudy, T R U D I. Okay. Cantor, with a K. Uh, Cantor with an E, Trudy Cantor, Trudy Cantor, author of Some Girls, Some Hats, and, see, if there's Some Girls, Some Hats, could be a coffee table book, could be a book about the 1930s, 40s, haberdashery, you know, could be, you know, if Harry yeah, Truman... So she was trying to was, escape the Nazis, she, um, yeah. she went to England. But it's kind of like... One of these things is not like the other. One of these things just this? doesn't. This is the. Oh, that's a man, man. What? That probably was the first edition. Yeah. yeah. Oh, she wrote it. She did write it a few years back. Here, this is a. I guess the first edition hardcover of the book, made to look like one of those 1930s, 40s fashion magazines, and, and uh, you know. So yay. But anyway, I don't know. It just something about the title. Of this book got me. The plot it says she's a hat maker and falls mm -hmm. in uh, falls in love with Walter. I don't know Walter who's Walter, her boyfriend. Yeah. The Germans occupy Austria. Right. Yeah. And then um, and I kind of remember they did Germany that. by the Allies. Yeah. Before the war, she was married to another character, Peppy, divorcing him and ending her relationship with him. Oh wow. She immigrated to Czechoslovakia. Now that that was wise. I experienced some pogroms, yeah. Then she went to Liverpool, England. Ah. Walter is detained and sent to an internment camp where he lived till the end of the war. After his release, Trudy marries him, and they live fifteen more years. Mimazel. That's lovely. Yeah, it's a lovely story. So you know, I, I'll, let me read the last last oh, line. Oh, look at the I'll spoil oh, it. Look at the book's reception. It, it received two and a half stars oh. on a scale. I don't know how many people reviewed it. Uh, let, let me see. Let me see. Ooh, here's an epilogue. I scatter roses. It's not fair to make fun of it. I scatter roses over Walter's grave. Oh God! What are you reading? A blanket of red roses. I pray. The sky is blue. The sun is shining. I feel his nearness. I remember Vienna. I write postcards for, for novels. Walker stands. Walter stands on the glass roof. Dangerous. We sit in a nightclub by candlelight. We drink champagne in a restaurant. Auf Wiedersehen, my love. Oh. Uh, no, it's, 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 Is he Heidi Klum? <laughs> Sounds like Heidi Klum. Yeah, then I really read the book. Hello. Well, if I have photos or something, which it doesn't. But I'm going to hit you hard with the maracas. Some girls, I'm being hit with her maracas. Some girls, some hats, and I haven't read it. 
have not read the book. Um, I think it's good that people, you know, anybody yeah. who produces anything, it is yes. such a Herculean effort. I mean, they do it, and I... You've written books, you know I this. I know, but, and I always say, oh, I'm not going to do it again, it's too much work, and then I do it, but, but I think... I feel that way about sex. <laughs> or pooping, but when no, I... No, pooping I always have, have the energy for, yeah. Really? Oh, God, yeah. Oh, I made a, ah, I pooped this morning, ladies and gentlemen. I, I bowed down to it. It was so beautiful. It was, I was, I feel so much better. <laughs> my clothes <laughs> fit me better now. No, you, that my stomach isn't. You, you're, that shirt for $8, David, you look like a million bucks. Yeah. You, your navy is definitely your color, but this like khaki green, it's just beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. It, it, and it's not the squares are not too big. It's such a good look. It's a nice, it's a nice, yeah. It's such a good and I, look. I love flannelly kind feel? of. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. I, it, I, I like these uh, checker, what do they call this? Scottish. When I teach, I have to teach sleeveless. I'm so hot when I teach. How can you teach in flannel? I haven't worn, I generally don't oh, wear yeah, these yeah. for. Because I was going to say, wouldn't you be Because I think it's, I'm worried that this would be a little too casual looking. I think it's not casual. I think it's just warm. Oh, well, depending on the room. Uh, it's perfect in here. I, I opened this door about half an hour ago. It felt like 60 degrees or with, with a wind chill of minus three. But in here it's perfect. And by the way, speaking of perfection, I am perfectly happy to tell you that you're watching Dave's Gone By. It's 27 after 9 in the morning Eastern Time. Your interviewee is going he's, he's, he's here. So we're going to, um, I want to remind you that you can catch all the archives of this program, should you wish to, at davesgoneby.com. D-A-V-E-S-G-O-N-E-B-Y.com. Yes? What is your ring light on the back say ring light? Like, don't we know what that is? <laughs> it says ring light. Like, yeah. Well, you know, as opposed to fish tank light, people might make a very bad mistake. Yeah, it, it's a, yeah. You, you should say, remember when I used to wear a cock ring light? So you could see it in the dark when we were doing stuff? Hey, honey. It was painful. You're a sick man. Remember that time it broke and cut? Yeah, yeah that was very You're bad. You're a sick man. Davesgoneby.com um, for literally every show we've done, minus one or two or three, because of just because of technical issues. But we were on the air 20 years ago. Our very first episode is there. You, our 10th episode, 110th, 510th, 710th, they're all there, either listenable, if they were just radio shows, or the past five years have been video, those are there too, absolutely free. Davesgoneby.com. We also put our archives at archive.org and the audio at castbox.fm. Well, we have some audio and video live coming for you now as we bring in Rabbi Saul Solomon, founder and spiritual leader of Temple Sons of Bitches. He's coming into the neighborhood to interview composer and conductor and orchestrator Larry Blank. This is music that is not from Larry Blank. This is just some Jewish stuff we play to bring in the rabbi. Thank you. 
shalom, my friends. Shalom, my enemies. This is your old pal, Rabbi Saul Solomon, founder and spiritual leader of Temple Sons of Bitches in Great Neck, New York. And I am excited and delighted to be about to talk to a conductor, a composer, an orchestrator, who obviously knows how to conduct himself. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you a little bit about our guest in the neighborhood, Larry Blank. He is a three-time Tony Award nominee, a six-time Drama Desk nominee for his orchestrations for such Broadway productions as The Drowsy Chaperone and The Producers. He's a recurring conductor for places like, well, for the Pasadena Symphony, and he is conducted for the New York Philharmonic and the Auckland Symphony and the LA Philharmonic and the Boston Pops, and he has been behind the podium for everyone from Bernadette Peters to Randy Newman to Placido Domingo. So ladies and gentlemen, won't you please also welcome the author of the brand new memoir called I Was Playing Their Song. His name, wait, hold it, oh, uh oh, I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> I'm drawing Larry Blank. Welcome to the neighborhood, Shalom. Thank you, Shalom. How Happy are you doing? to be here. How are you doing? Good to be here. How are you doing this fine Shabbos? It's fabulous. You know, I'm on an opposite coast, so it's a little bit earlier. Can you hear me all right? I hear you perfectly fine. You you, fire, you sound great. You look great. And so, so, so what are you doing? Uh, do you live in California or what's, uh, why are you all the way there? I live in California. Uh, I'm, I'm in Granada Hills. So it's, uh, it's 630 in the morning here. I, well, so, you, you, you look fabulous. So you, you're on your fifth cup of coffee, I hope, to keep you. But here's the deal. I mean, is it because you do work for TV and scoring stuff? Why wouldn't you be in New York? where the theater and the, the real arts action is. Well, I came here a long time ago so I could do movies and I ended up doing theater on the West Coast instead of the East Coast. And of course, they keep on bringing me back and I keep working in London as well. So I travel everywhere. And I'm, you know, I originally grew up in Bayside, not far from Great Neck. Oh my God, Bayside Queens, shalom to you, hello. Do tell us a wonderful or not a wonderful memory of growing up in Bayside, Queens. When I moved to Bayside, Queens, when I was four years old. Wow. We, How did you carry the suitcases? I, I know. It was terrible. It was very tough. But I was, we, we were uh, right by the Clearview Expressway, the Throgs Neck Bridge, which wasn't built yet. Oh, all right. It was a tadpole bridge before it turned into a whole frog. Yes. It, it was a golf course, and we were the only house on the golf course. Ooh. No, nobody wow. lived there, just us. And then, in short order, it turned into what it is today. Was that sad? I mean, did you love having that kind of rural life in the middle of New York? Or was it kind of more exciting when suddenly there was traffic and people and stuff? And ugh? Well, I, I didn't know any other way. I thought it was supposed to be rural. So it was all vacant lots and, and nothing. And it was, uh, it was like growing up. It was like being in California. <laughs> <laughs> I hear so Except, how oh please yes no it's just colder that's all how jewish was your family how jewish was my let's put it this way in our neighborhood on corporal kennedy street in bayside uh th there were christmas lights on one house and my mother went oi there goes the day and there goes the neighborhood <laughs> and it was one house out of you know 400. <laughs> <laughs> 
But were you culturally Jewish or also Jewy Jewish, like uh, the holidays and stuff? The holidays, but but uh, you know, we we would go to the Bayside Jewish Center on an occasional Shabbos. Fair enough. Fair enough. So. In your adult life, are you one of these Jews who's spiritual or do you still identify as Jewish or Jew-esque? Well, my kids who are only half Jewish identify as Jewish. Mm. So let's put it that way. Uh, Yes, I always identified as Jewish, but it was cultural more than religious. Can I ask, when did you meet your shiksa? (laughs) Well, we've been married for 35 years. So yes. Yes. No, but was she an artist? Is she in the the music field? Is she in the what does she do? She what? was a dancer. She was she was a sugar baby. We met on sugar babies. Oh my! This was that Mickey Rooney in there at that point, or and then um, do come, please tell me that there had to be stories. Yeah. Um, well, tell me. Well, I'll tell you when I, I took over the show as conductor. It had been running for a while, and I went in, and when I was learning the show, Mickey was on vacation. And I learned the show with uh, Eddie Bracken and Ann Miller. And then my first night conducting the show, Mickey was on. And I I met him before the show. He, I walked into the pit. He walked onto the stage. He looked at me in the pit and he said, with alacrity. With alacrity. That was his thing, with alacrity. Oh, but, but he, he cra- you told him, hey, look, uh, this is my first time with you. So you can't expect that, that we have the symbiotic relationship that... But you built one with him, I assume. Was, was he okay? Was he a nice guy? I liked him. I, he, he couldn't have cared less. He was going to do that show regardless of me, the orchestra, Ann Miller, or anybody else. And that's the way he was. But not in a bad way. That's just Mickey Rooney. And he got on stage and he was fantastic. He was hysterical. And if if the audience didn't respond, he would look at me in the pit and say, it's a painting. Let's go. <laughs> How was Ann Miller? How was she, she was delightful. She was she was the great. She was she was very secretly funny. Exactly. I'll give you an example. We were doing the show for quite a while, and we were in Boston at the same time as Lacage Fol was trying out. So we were invited to go see Lacage Fol, and she was my date for the evening. We were watching the show, and it was a big, big success. And there's a big can can number in the show, and the entire audience was on its feet in Boston it was just big hit and she was just sitting there and I said Annie you know aren't you gonna you know stand up and she said I saw the original and I said you mean the the Cole Porter musical can can she said no no I saw it with Toulouse (laughs) that was that was Annie Miller this is like very very cute we are talking by the way with Larry Blank I, I would love to because I mean, you've done composing, you've done all this stuff, but, but conducting, because you've been in the pit thousands of times, it's funny to hear the funny stories and the horror stories. Do you have things like, like I was in the pit when? Uh, yeah, lots of things happened. Uh, you know, for instance, scenery crashing on stage. Which show? What happened? When? Do you uh, remember what the? A lot of shows. Uh, <laughs> 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 happens all the time. But I remember specifically uh uh they're playing our song which was my big first big broadway show from the beginning you know marvin hamlish neil simon and all those people and robert klein Lucy robert Miller. klein who has been on this program yay thank you yes great guy and uh that show 
most people don't know this, but they're playing our song was the first automated scenery on a oh. Broadway musical. And because in the old days, they used to have stagehands in the wings turning cranks and stuff. And this had two concentric turntables, and it was the first time it was done automatically. I imagine there were a few problems. <laughs> Opening night in Los Angeles at the Amundsen Theater, the set didn't turn. And Robert Klein was in a, a little automobile upstage that took uh, about 25 minutes to come to the front of the stage. Oh dear. Oh dear. And by the way, I should mention Lucy Arnez, who is, is also a friend of the Dave. She has also been on this program and she was absolutely delightful. Well, a lovely lady. So, so that, that's, and what other stories of things smashing, crashing, booming, banging, and you ever see anybody literally get hit by a piece of scenery? No, we've been, I've been lucky that way, but a lot of shows have had issues, you know, like Sweeney Todd, the whole rail collapsed and just missed Angela Lansbury, stuff like that. Whoa, I did not ever hear, I did, wow. Yeah. That would have been serious. Yeah, that would have been catastrophic. This is true. And uh, things like, I, I've actually been conducting and I hear a crash and you see a piece of, you know, uh, usually a flat piece just fell straight down to the stage and, you know, missed people. Who, who makes the decision at that point to stop or keep going? Do you keep playing or do you just say, you know, to the orchestra and, and what? It, it wouldn't be my call unless it interfered or if I saw something happen, somebody was hurt, I would have stopped instantly and, and just taken responsibility. But the stage manager usually in the wings can make the call really quickly. And uh, But obviously in, in a live situation like that, I would stop. In in modern show, it seems to be a new thing, but it's not, of audiences being insane and, and some crazy person coming up and yelling at the cast or, or have you have you had instances, whether it's in Broadway or conducting uh, in concert where somebody in the audience does something mishuga or God forbid has a heart attack and dies and these happen too. What, what well, have you experienced? Yeah. One, of my, one of my favorites, I was conducting Phantom of the Opera at the Amundsen here in L.A. with Michael Crawford. And he's about to do Music of the Night, you know, the big, the big number. And all of a sudden, I hear a phone ring, a cell phone ring. Now, this, you know. This was 1980. Who, okay, yeah. It was 1989, 90. So there were cell phones, but they were, you know, they were like this. <laughs> it was a brick. And I, I heard it ring, and it was in the first row, and I turned my head. I thought Michael, who was a good guy, but if he would distract it, he would have stopped the show. And uh, it would take a lot, but he would have stopped it. And there's a lady in the first row, and she's got her phone. She says, I'm at the Phantom. Look. <laughs> Listen. Camera on it. And Michael thought it was funny, so he started laughing. Yeah, otherwise, it could have been a disaster. But she was actually holding her phone up, saying, "Listen to this." <sighs> wow, the people. And also, I've been in the pit where, in the old days, before before cell phones, the musicians had beepers. And I always thought it strange that a bassoon player would have a beeper, like it's an emergency. It could be another instrument. So this bassoonist had a beeper and... And, you know, it's Los Angeles, so the musicians are very busy in the studios doing films and stuff. I said, but a beeper in the pit? You know, you couldn't leave it in your locker? And it's going off in the pit while 
conducting the show. You know, it's like an emergency call for the bassoon. Oh, it was emergency. I mean, because you just a thousand times you don't forget. The one time it's in your pocket, you forget to turn off. And if there's a if there's you know forty or thirty musicians in the or twelve hundred people in an audience, it's likely that one of those people one time. Well, we'll make that annoy everybody. This is this is the way. Let me ask you. I, I, I want to ask about some of your credits on the Internet Broadway database because for a couple of shows you are quote unquote uncredited orchestrations, and yet they know you did them because you're listed on IBD. So who makes that that call? Why don't you get a little something in the playbill or like you know with Larry Blank, and as opposed to oh no shh shh shh. You know, he's a fix-it. What, what, what is that? Well, in the old days, I'm talking about Broadway in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and stuff like that. Uh, whoever was credited as the orchestrator, there were four other guys helping out. It, it, there's always too much work. You can't really turn it out in the very short time that it's required. Because what happens, you go into rehearsals on a musical you got four to five weeks before the first orchestra rehearsal and they can't give you any music until about the third week when it's staged so basically you got two weeks to orchestrate an entire broadway musical which is approximately four thousand measures of music right. so so whoever's hired has a couple of pals ready on the side to help them out a few people could do it but you know, it's a test. And the only reason you do it is because you need the money because you get paid by the page. But very often over the years, there were many people doing this work without credit because they were called ghosts. Everybody involved with the show knew they were working on it. Maybe. Because we do our writing at home, you know, in the secrecy of our offices. Uh, but very often they were known people. And what happened is I would get a call uh, as a ghost, sometimes with credit, sometimes without. But what would happen is, for instance, the producers, uh, Doug Besterman. You were credit on that, weren't you? Or... I, was, I was not. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, everybody knew I did it, so it eventually leaked out into the IBD and, you know, IBDB and all, all those things. But I was not credited. But I was called by Doug Besterman, who was the orchestrator on the show. And he said, I need some help. Can you come in? Everybody knows you're coming. So even before he asked you, it's like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, he's coming. Well, that's. He, he cleared it with everybody oh, well, to make sure it was OK to call me as opposed to any number of other people. And uh, I had was flown from Los Angeles to New York. I came into the rehearsals. I was introduced. Wait, wait I'm sorry. Wouldn't it have been in Chicago? Well, it opened in Chicago, but they were rehearsing. In oh, sorry. sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was flown into New York. I was brought into rehearsals. Uh, I knew a lot of the people involved. Uh, and I was introduced to the cast as helping Doug to finish the show. I had no contract with either the management or anybody else. I had only been called by Doug. So it was like a handshake. I mean, you obviously, I assume you were paid I, or maybe I, in kind or something that, that you used. I was paid all of the correct amounts of money. All the uh, I wasn't in the royalty pool or anything like that, but I was paid 
the the page rate for doing the work that he was getting uh and uh if there were any after things like the recording or something i would get paid but it, it wasn't my place to actually negotiate something and i have to say i expected that i was going to be given credit but i you know i was a little too trusting that way because and it wasn't mean spirit or anything they're busy in rehearsals and i should have perhaps stepped forward because then i would have shared the tony award and everything else which i did not get any credit for but eventually the world knows because it's it's on the the page and it's part of your credits when you on your website and when you go yes i am curious about this but i guess it is the helper thing like when you have a show out of town and the the producer to the uh, the second act is we need a song we need a song for the lead actress then we need the 11 o'clock number whatever the hell we or we need comedy tonight we need something to start the show because love is in the air isn't working whatever so you know sondheim or whoever goes to the piano at you know after the the night show <laughs> 11 30 1 o'clock in the morning it's like i have a song we want to put it in the show and and you say okay so we'll put it in the next night everybody can learn it and so you got the actors sitting around the piano and then learning it so they can put it but how the hell do you get a song with an orchestra behind it within what 15 hours how what? does that happen what happens those of us who who have trained to be orchestrators on broadway uh that's the story the deadline comes you get the job at midnight it's got to be ready by the morning and and it it became almost like a badge of honor to be able to do it that quickly and it's the same thing in the film world by the way i mean i just don't even to first to conceive of what a song should sound like with you know where the piccolos go and and when you should bring in the horns and what, but then to write it out for each instrument which how many instruments i mean you have to literally write four well it was in the old days it was 26 musicians in the pit so you have to write 26 and of course we didn't have computer programs like we have now so we were writing by and then, and then having them printed and then having you know the xerox or however they were they were thrown in there you have a scribe you know the copyists who also have to copy what you wrote into orchestra parts by hand and then reproduce so it was a whole crew of people and if you have let's say what three by i don't know how many violinists you have in a pit like two or three or what well usually in those days like six violins would they all at least get the same or would three violins be this and then three would be in counterpoint or harmony or something or generally you could give them the same thing six times yeah, or not six violins usually two parts maybe three parts so you know you're writing two-part harmony so you have to write all this stuff out and it gets gets ah you just made me think of a story please okay. i was uh working on a show called copperfield about it was the dickens copperfield yeah 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 and it was the score was written by Kasha and Hirschhorn, who wrote Pete's Dragon, and uh, some things like that. The orchestrator was Erwin Kostel. Erwin Kostel did West Side Story with Sid Raymond and Bernstein. He did the movie of Sound of Music. He did the movie of Mary Poppins. Many, many Broadway shows. And if 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 you're old enough to remember the old Gary Moore show. Yeah, not, not quite almost all oh, i've heard of him yeah and they had a 
thing every week called those wonderful years and he did all of these big medleys and then he did the carol burnett show anyway costal is the guy's name and he was very well known for being exceedingly fast he could turn out this stuff overnight so we were making a change in one of the numbers we were cutting a hundred bars of music and rewriting it now it sounds easy but when you cut it no, it doesn't <laughs> you cut the it does not sound easy at all but okay yeah and make some new transitions and write basically a new arrangement so that it all fits together so i called Irwin up and i said we're rehearsing tonight we have a show tonight but this new arrangement is going in tomorrow night he had it ready for tonight yeah, ready for that. Worse than that. Worse than that. I call up the music copies and said, he's going to do this arrangement for tomorrow. Uh, so it goes in tomorrow night. They said, great. Great. So I go to dinner. I'm in the pit conducting the show. All of a sudden, my drummer starts laughing. And I look over at him and he points down at the music and goes. And I looked down at the music and the music has been cut. 100 bars cut, new new arrangement. Yeah. It's in the parts, and the musicians have never seen it. They're just turning their pages. But worse, the cast on stage of 22 dancers and the principals are doing the old version of the show. Right. Well, how would that? Yes. Aye. 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 So what happened was I'm conducting. The music ends. It just because we we're, the musicians are just playing it, and it goes bump bump bump, and they're dancing for another hundred bars on stage. <laughs> this, is, this is on Broadway. Yes, it's like the Deaf West production there. <laughs> and they're dancing, and I'm sitting there. I I must have had smoke, you know, you know, going out of my ears, and. There's nothing I can do. There's nobody. No, nothing anybody can do. Nobody's wrong. It's just one of those things. And they're dancing. They get to the end of the number, bump, bump. And there's no applause because there's no orchestra. There's no nothing. The audience is terribly confused. And of course, I had the rest of the show to conduct. So I get to the end of the first act. And of course, I'm beside myself because, and Erwin, who was, uh, an old man at that point, and I was this, you know, twenty-eight-year-old kid in the pit, is walking down the aisle, and he's, you know, an old seasoned pro. He's done millions of things. He has his hand up, and he says, "You know, if you hadn't shouted oh fuck into the microphones, it would have been okay." <laughs> <laughs> Had you, or was he joking? I did yeah. Yeah, well, oh, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! Is that story in your? Well, no, you're just talking about. It, but are stories like that in your book, which is called "I Was Playing Their Song"? It is indeed. What was the impetus to play? To you know, well, you always ask this question. It's like at this time in your life, what gave you? It's like I should write all this down and put it in the book. What? What was that moment when you said it's time to do the memoir? Uh, last July, I had a big birthday. Mazel seventy. Yeah, and and I said, "Wow!" I said, "I." Everybody had always told told me to write a book because I just had so many incidents like that, as we do in the course of a life, especially, you know, in show business and stuff. And they're they're all moderately funny. And uh, I said, 
I'm going to do this for my kids. I'm going to write it all down. And I was blessed with a very good memory. And I just, just sat down one day and started typing everything. I just wrote everything down. And I did it in sequence. I just, you know, said I'm going to start at the beginning when I graduated high school and just keep going. And I wrote it all down. And then once I had all of this down, I asked a few friends and my wife to look at it a little bit. And they would read a little bit and they say, well, you know, you really should get this organized. And I got an editor to help me clean it up a little bit, just in, in terms of syntax and things like that. And that's how it happened. And so from the time that you said, I'm going to write this all down to the time when you proofread it and it's a book, how long did the whole thing, the, the process take? My birthday was last July. My God. So you really, you just, I'm um, well, mazel tov. Mazel. Let me ask you, I want people to buy this book. So don't tell me your favorite all-time story in the book, but tell me like your second or third favorite. Oh, there's story. so many. All right, so many, uh, but but uh, uh, I have so many. Oh, I have a good, I have a a very good one. You'll you'll appreciate this. I have been conducting the Olivier Awards uh, for the last twelve years or so in London. Uh, I have no business conducting the Olivier, Olivier Awards because I'm an American. I'm a Yank. But what happened was the Olivier Awards, which are like the Tony Awards. Yeah. Uh, in London were often done in a ballroom and it was uh, a dinner and uh, they would, they had a band. They would say the winner is Diana Rigg for Medea and the orchestra would play on a wonderful day like today. (laughs) (laughs) What to do with your kids today? Right. Yeah. Right. (laughs) It was, it was that silly where they'd say the winner is boom, the timpanist, you know, it was a timpani role. So it was, it was very, the Brits are very smart, but they didn't get the award show thing. It's not their style. So one of the producers, uh, an American producer who works in London named Kim Poster told the society of London theaters that I was the perfect guy who worked in both countries that could, help them put it together. So I changed the character more like the Tonys and into uh, um, the Oscars. So we played music that was appropriate for the performers. If someone won for Medea, we did not play on a wonderful day like today. What do you play for Medea? What what I I did is I wrote a theme for the Olivia. So you play the Olivia theme, da-da, da-da, you know. Let me ask you. especially for the Olympiades, what is their process of like, you get an actor up there and it's this big moment for them and they start, they do speak, thank you, this and thank you and God and this, and then they go and they go. Is it, how do you make that judgment? I guess it's your call when you start to go like, you know, yeah. They actually have a light system and they have this at the Academy Awards too. They have three lights and after, I think, 40 seconds or 60 seconds yeah depending on the the unless it's a legend and yes then it's then there's yeah. no lights yeah and the light comes on and then the second light and then the red light which means we're going to play you off 
So what happens is I took the onus off me. All Everybody is informed that when the red light hits, the conductor is going to play you off, period. And only once was I yelled at where I started to play a famous director off and he turned around and said, stop that. Can you say what? Because it's not, I, I probably would do that too. It's nothing personal against you. It's like, come on, I'm saying so. This is my moment. I, you can give me 15 more seconds, which you really can't because you're on TV. But who, who was it? Who was it? The director was Sam Mendez, who's a very. Yeah, I've heard of him. I mean, yeah, and fellow Jew. So there you yes. go. And, and he didn't mean anything by it. And of course, no. I'm not going to argue. I just stopped. Did you but, really? Oh, yeah. I just cut the orchestra off because otherwise uh, I'm the jerk, you know, if I keep going. Wow. So, and how much longer did, did, he, did he realize he did have to wrap it up at some point? I mean, did he, he go on for 10 seconds or did he go on for another minute and a half? He went on for another three minutes. So. No! Really? Yeah. 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 That's, that's, I'm sorry, that's a little selfish. That's a little thoughtless. You it know? was. And that's how, you know, it's it, some. Now, the rule is, by the way, if, someone is talking about their recently deceased partner or parent you can't cut them off if they're talking about uh, how they just escaped from kiev you can't cut them off you, know? you can yes you, you got it so and sometimes i was given the cue to cut somebody off and it was somebody who i knew very well and i didn't cut them off <laughs> Do you have any, any any stories about actors behaving badly, especially if they're dead? You can you can oh who yeah, oh, oh, oh. could well, be on stage or off stage or whatever. Share. Uh, uh, well, I was going to tell you another story about the Olivier's. Oh, oh please, no, either either one. Well, I'll do this one first because I was on a roll on the Olivier's, um, where the, the orchestra is on stage and it's the BBC Concert Orchestra, so it's like a fifty-piece orchestra. It's not. A little band it's not a jazz band it's an orchestra proper orchestra which is even better than the tonys because they don't have that large an orchestra and and we can play wonderful things so we are way upstage and they would have a drop in front of us usually and you know where the action is down front and the drop would fly out and i'd be up there with the orchestra we play a big production number so we had a song, Michael Feinstein was uh, a guest artist, and uh, we had Michael Ball, who was a rather big name in the UK, was on the show, and a few other people doing a big Broadway medley, finishing with Sondheim's old friends. Hey! Chorus, oh. orchestra. Yeah. So I was upstage, and they were announcing this big medley, and it's a television show, so I'm wearing a headset. I'm watching a TV monitor. Bands in front of me with all the stand lights and microphones. And about 30 seconds before the number starts, all the power goes off on stage. Nothing I, anybody can do, though, but what can you do? Yeah. Darkness. And they're talking. They don't know that the power has gone off on the bandstand. Oh. Because they're back there talking so what's going to happen is this thing is going to fly out and i'm going to be on stage with a dead orchestra because we have no lights or power and i can't see the tv monitor so i am schwitzing 
Actually, the piano piano player could still. Yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of a flashlight. You could kind of, you know, like a one violin. Like, you but yeah. And, and I'm I'm saying, how am I? What what? There's no one I could communicate with. I can't run off the stage, you know. So I'm sitting there. What am I going to do? What am? And the show's on. It's on TV. And I was just sitting there like this. And I said, in the dark, <laughs> Covent Garden Opera House. And it was going to fly. And I was going to turn around and turn to the audience and say, have you ever seen a Jew tap dance? <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't get it because the lights went back on five seconds before or what happened? Michael Feinstein was in the wings and he saw my predicament and he went running. And they found the cable that had the lights came on and there was so much sweat in my eyes i couldn't see anyway <laughs> so that's what happened that no that's that's a pretty fantastic story that's, uh, we're talking with larry blank we have um dave coming in in a moment to, to do the quiz with david Sheward is going to play and leslie hobank blake will play the, the fun weekly trivia quiz but i i i, I gotta well, first of all, I have to remind everybody to get Larry Blank's book. It's called I Was Playing Their Song. You can find out more about it at his website, LarryBlankMusic.com. But you can also get the book on Amazon and Kindle and all the usual places that people sell books. So, so unfortunately, I don't have much more, but I have time for that one more question, because you were you had a glint in your eye when I asked you about a, a rotter, a bested on stage. Who, who was like a... Ooh, Oh, someone bad on stage. Um, or well, yeah, there. I have to honestly say, of all the people I worked with, I never really, e even with people who were supposedly a terror, you know, well-known terrorists, actor terrorists, I've never had a problem, and uh, 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 only because I didn't. You know, it wasn't because I was a genius. It was just that I was always. I was never rattled. Muscle. This you is know, great. So, so it was fun. I'm trying to think of someone who was really terrible and mean. And I can honestly say the only things that really went bad on stage is if somebody forgot the words. Oh, yeah. Well, that. Yeah. So I'll tell you a funny one. He wasn't bad, but I worked with Paul Sorvino a number of times. Yes. And he was he was a lot of fun. He was quite a character. And the first time I worked with him was in 1989, somewhere it's like, it was, no, it was 1979, 1979-80. And I did a big gala in Washington, D.C., and he was hired to sing an original song. Okay. About New York. And we rehearsed it. It was great. Oh, he wrote he wrote the song, original song by. No, no, they, they hired somebody to write it. Oh, it wasn't. It was right, a new song, right? That, yeah. And he came out on stage with me conducting the orchestra, and did not remember one word, not one. And he was behind me, and he went out and stood and started singing vowels. He just went, and it was just gibberish just total gibberish can you remember the melody uh, maybe uh, and it was all over the place and because i was upstage i couldn't even make eye contact and he went through the whole song just gibberish 
and he walked off stage to a standing ovation. <laughs> That's talent. That yeah, yeah, they thought I, it was Italian. I wish I wish we had time to talk about more of these people and, and, and to say you have some lovely stuff in there about Jack Cassidy. Uh, and that he was a real uh, a mensch and things like that. But, but you know what, we'll save some of that. Maybe you'll come back to the neighborhood sometime. But for now, you're staying. You're not going anywhere. I have to get to shul. I'm already late. But Dave Lefkowitz, the producer of Dave's Gone By, he's waiting in the wings, ready to play the Today Yesterday, or to moderate the trivia quiz that we do every week. So my friends, shalom to you. I am Rabbi Saul. You'll see me very soon. For now, you're seeing Larry Blank in the neighborhood. Thank you, Larry, and shalom to you. Uh, the one, the only, the Jewish rabbi, Saul Solomon. Always delightful to have him in the neighborhood with us. And we also have, of course, Larry Blank, orchestrator and conductor. And joining us from New York, it is our beloved David Sheward. Good morning, David. How are you? Oh, wait, you got to um, unmute the thing. Ask him what the temperature is by now. Yeah. Oh, how, how are things in New York? How frigid and frozen is it? I I think it's just I haven't looked at my the uh, I think it's about nine degrees or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not not too not. And what about make us make us jealous, Larry? What what's the temperature out there in what we, what was the thing you told Larry? Yeah, well, yeah. the sun's just coming up. Let's see. Oh, this is this is cold for LA. It says thirty eight degrees. Thirty eight. How do you tolerate it? How do how do you not get the oranges to stick together in that weather? I don't well, it'll be sixty in twenty minutes. So there we go. So welcome, welcome to both of you, David. How have you been doing? Where's Leslie? Uh, who knows? Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, <clears throat> I've been doing all right. Um... That was an interesting little cough. I'm looking for my cell phone so we can see. I, I have. Have you heard from Leslie, uh, David Short? No, I have not. Uh, I could do the chat GPT to, to answer the questions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just checking uh, on what the actual temperature here is in NYC. Yeah, just give me one moment. I'll be right there. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's it's it's. Uh, oh, that's your phone. No. Um, so anyway, uh, nothing from Les? No. It is 9 degrees. Yeah. Well, it's one not, gets under not. 30 trying to get on Wi-Fi from, from her apartment, I'm sure, is impossible. It is 9 degrees right now. Right. Do you have a cold? No. Uh, no. Oh. Um, let's see. What's new? Uh, not too much. I. Uh, it is... Uh, I did catch up with some shows i i was busy with my job um but i wasn't but i have caught up with some shows so I, what's the best show that you you because david short of course is a theater critic he writes for culturaldaily.com and theaterlife.com former president of the drama desk uh, which by the way larry blank has six nominations from wow. you couldn't you couldn't oh. take one award you couldn't uh, six times uh, the bridesmaid you make my bride once what was he nominated? What what were your nominations for? Oh, White Christmas, Drowsy Chaperone, uh, A Christmas Story. All under orchestrations. Orchestration, Yiddish Fiddler on the Roof. Ah, I loved Drowsy Chaperone. I probably, I, I probably, I, I love Drowsy Chaperone. I probably voted for you. Thank for you. That. 
Uh, I like catch, that. Probably. Catch me if you can was another one. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't. I don't remember. I. Yeah. That was many a couple of years ago. Uh, I just saw Some Like It Hot, which was wonderful. Oh, good. Uh, a very good show. Um, today, I'm going to see Samuel Beckett's Endgame at the Irish Repertory Theater, which is appropriate for this weather, you know. Very yes. cold. Uh, right. nothing, like, nothing like a Samuel Beckett play to light, to cheer you up in this cold winter weather. Actually, Endgame should be very funny. It really should. It is kind of a cheery, uh, ridiculous comedy if they do it right. It depends on how you, yes, the, 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 the legless parents in the garbage cans always gets a laugh. Yeah, well, yeah, I saw the, what do you call it, the, I, the Druid Theater or some Irish company brought it to the Beckett Festival a decade ago. And it was, I was roaring. It was, it was actually hilarious, but. You know. I saw a production with Elaine Stritch in it, uh, which was quite entertaining. Stritchy. Do you ever work with Elaine Stritch? I have to ask uh, Larry. Well, Beckett. oh, yes, yes. yes. I, 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 several times and and she's fantastic she was absolutely great do you have any stretchy stories anything? uh i i did a benefit with her where uh i did an arrangement for her of uh that once that she did in her show finally if love were all and uh but not for me and uh, we met at the orchestra rehearsal and uh she was just delightful i can't say anything <laughs> I'm asking you to say something bad about her. I mean, or if there's anything funny or amazing, or, or she oh, just she was great. Yeah, she was. She was. She was just great and outspoken. She was telling me she had just lost her husband after many years. She finally found the love of her life, and I said, "I'm sorry," and she went, "Oh, please." <laughs> In that way, yes, In just that way. So let's. We have a game to play. Oh, it's called, I was oh, just going to say I did meet Stritch uh, when she was presenting at the Drama Desk Awards, and I was president. And uh, the producer of the show introduced me to her. And the first thing she said to me, where's the watch you were supposed to give me? Evidently, all the presenters were supposed to get watches. And I didn't know anything about that. That was another end of the production. So instead of, hello, how are you? <laughs> where's the, the watch? Where's the watch? It's like, who's that? It was Little Richard or someone, or not Little um, Chuck Berry, who wouldn't go on stage until they gave him the briefcase full of money first. Right. Like, yeah, I'm going to pay after. He's like, where's the... Where's the money? Okay, now I'm going on. You know, that, that was that was her. Well, I do. Uh, anyway, um, this is called the Today Yesterday Trivia Quiz. It's all in fun. Questions are kind of ridiculous, some, or some are not so ridiculous. Uh, and I'll, I'll give the rules quick. Larry, you haven't played this. But basically, there's two rounds. Uh, every uh, person gets a question. There's supposed to be a third player. Her name is Leslie Blake. We're hoping she'll be logging on shortly. Um, but... If you get the question right, you get two points. If you get the question wrong, the other one of the other players gets to steal the question and get those two points instead. But it's really more about just having fun and, and playing along and, and thinking out loud and that sort of thing. Like in a wait, wait, don't tell me sort of sort of way. So one thing I will ask of you, Larry, welcome to the neighborhood. Can you think of a number between one and six? I know you can. And tell me what it is. I can. Or you want to know? I really actually want to know what the number yeah, is. Four. Yeah. Four. four. Larry with number four. David Sheward? I'll say three. Three. Now, this may not come into anything if we just have two contestants, and we'll, we'll just figure out how to bounce it off uh, both of you. So I'm, I'm going to start the game, because sometimes Leslie's just late and and so forth, and she'll, she'll come on in and be. So here's the deal. I'm going to roll a die. A, a, 
of digital one-sided die, which just came up. Leslie's number, number six, five, two, four. Aha. So, Larry, would you like to be first, second, or presumably third? I'll be second. So, Larry will be second. David, that kind of automatically. Okay. First, which you're fine with. And All then, right. Okay. So, here's the deal. David, you get the first question. And by the way, Larry, the, the other thing to know is that not all, but some of, the, some of the questions are based on things that happened today, February 4th, in history. Okay? So, but the first question that's going to David Seward, this, uh, Leslie is trying to, to, to log on as we speak. That's why I'm kind of fumfering just a little bit. But David, you have a three clues in the news. Oh, okay. Which, which I know you love. This is a different kind of question. So I'm going to give you three words that are not connected. You want me to text Leslie? Together. She's, she's just trying to log on now. Oh, good, great. Um, three words that are not connected to each other. Right. Each of these words is connected to another word that okay. you are looking to figure out. And that word is, oh, you're wearing your Playbill pajamas. Um, and <laughs> it's, so cold, it's so cold I had to wear pajamas last night. Can, can you hear me? Yes, Leslie, we hear you. Can We don't see you yet. Okay, let's see if that helps. Does that help? Um, unless you've, you've turned wait, wait, into no, the no, 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 there. That should there we go. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're here, Mazel Tov, with Leslie. I apologize. I did three of the old links and none of them worked. Oh. I just started to go down the links. This one ends in eight, one ended in yeah. five, one ended in three. It, it, I, I have to get rid of all the old links that don't work. I'll do that. This I'll do that after the show. I'm do that with sorry. the sausages you have in the fridge. Yeah. So Leslie, and, uh, like, let, let's welcome to the neighborhood. Leslie is the co-host of the Theater Review Show Two on the Isle. Leslie, very quickly, we welcome you to Larry Blank, orchestrator, conductor, and a musical director, am I forgetting anything? And composer. My God, we didn't even really get to that. Well, welcome. Nice to meet you. And welcome to, of course, David. To David. Nice to see you in your pajamas. Hello. <laughs> so, Leslie, you're going third. Uh, we've established this. <laughs> surprise, surprise. That's what so, you get. David Short, you begin with a three clues in the news. Ready? Okay. Okay, the clues are color. Color. Set, set, music. Well, what leaps to mind is TV. Oh. Is Color that, TV, TV set, and music TV for MTV. Is that your final answer? Well, from the sounds that, that I'm hearing, it may not be correct, but I'm trying to think of what else it could be. I mean... The only the the thing that's been in the news this week. Well, what's what was in the news this week with TV? I can't think of anything. The balloon. The the, the Chinese spy balloon. But yeah, that's but the only thing I can balloon think. Balloon is not is not a color balloon, a balloon set music balloon, or uh, so I'll, I'll stick with TV. You're gonna stick with TV. I'm gonna leave my my little thing. Final answer from David Sheward. What you said last night. It's not quite Aww. right, but I will accept it. What's another word? How? What does TV stand for? Television. Television is the word that we're actually it looking for. Color TV. Well, Leslie, are you your your uh, color television <laughs> television set? 
yes. and then of course right. music television for MTV. Mm-hmm. And that oh, okay, that's where I was thrown off. I didn't, I didn't recognize music that's what television I was, yeah. as a as a thing. Okay, oops, I'm gone again. <laughs> I'm so upset. I left you. Now wait, where am I? MTV, oh. MTV interrupted your signal for dissing them. It did. It came and got me. Um, well, but, I thought MTV was off for a long time. I didn't even know it was still on. To be honest, they got no music on it, but it's still a. Yeah, tell what's the uh, thing? What's the? Well, the, well they, the produced, that, they produced the Daily Show. That's how I know they're still on. They have their little logo at the end of the Daily Show. What's the? Uh, what's the? But, what's the news? What Dylan, was, Larry, you got you got all the instructions on that. I didn't interrupt any of that, did I? No, I'm just well, now you're back on to Larry. I would have I would have um, explained it, but here's the deal. Um, early in the week, a musician named Tom Verlaine, who was in a band oh, called yeah. Origin, oh, yeah. passed away. Uh, oh, after yeah. after all the yeah, he was born Tom Miller. Uh, I never knew he was Jewish, by the way. But uh, Tom Verlaine, uh, really fine guitarist, and television is pretty cool post-punky band so okay. that's why did he take the name berlaine because he was pretentious as a youth is that what he did yeah, he just liked the name you know he didn't want to be miller of course he was a poet he was he was a, he was one of the french poets that every young man who didn't want to be kerouac wanted to be you know that was that was oh so you like that exercise guy jack berlaine but you know yes yes yes, yes no no that's not right so um larry it's weird because i've got two l's so I'm, you're you're b for blake in my notes now lizzie but larry you're saying well, he's a b also yeah yeah we have the same initials oh dear so i've got two points and i'm leading right that is correct. Yes, David. Nobody will forget that. <laughs> well, I'm trying to bring things back to the game. You know? I know. I know. There we go. So this next question goes directly to Larry Blank. Now, Larry, this is a more typical question. It's based on something that happened in history on this date, February 4th. But it was February 4th, 1948. Okay. Born today in Detroit is Vincent Fernier or Fernier later known to the world as rock star Alice Cooper. Which of these is false about this flamboyant rocker? A, he rose out of a coffin and sang Welcome to My Nightmare on The Muppet Show. B, he helped the musicians of Megadeth conquer their substance addictions. C, for 20 years he owned a restaurant in Phoenix that featured a giant sandwich called The Big Unit. Or D, he had a one-night stand with Raquel Welch. Uh, is this true or false? That I have? All of these are true except one. So find the Only false, one of this. Yeah, find the false one. I'm going to say D because I don't know what else to say. <laughs> so you're going to say that it is not true that he had a one-night stand. Alice can bring a one-night stand with Raquel Welch. Is that your final answer? That's my final answer. Well, va 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 boom, Larry. This is rare. It, it, it's not easy for brand new contestants to get two points on the show or any points on the show, let alone win. But you have just tied David Sheward with two points. That is the correct answer, but it's a little more complicated than you might imagine. What what letter was that? It was D. It was D. D. He did not sleep with Raquel Welch. He could have slept with Raquel Welch. He, she was coming on to him, if no. you believe it, but he wanted to be faithful to his new girlfriend at the time, Cheryl Goddard. So he, she was making some serious like 
serious advances to him. And, um, but he said, no, no, no. And break or two, he and Cheryl have been together since 1976 and continue today. So why is- I would have said that Raquel Welsh had better taste and I was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I, I And say. I was just guessing, so. I you know, in his later years, he's just a rich golfer. <laughs> That's all. I mean, it's like I do. I do oh, remember it was in his later playing. years, not when he was playing. You're saying to me that Raquel Welch would have wanted him in his later years. Well, I'm just saying you, you make it sound like who would want Alice Cooper? Who would want? Um, okay, never mind. I'm just thinking of when you know he was wearing the stuff and the face was all falling mm -hmm. off and he was biting the heads off chickens. I Other do than remember that, him. You know. I yeah. do remember him his appearance on on the Muppet Show, but I don't remember what song he sang. I'm what? sure they didn't let him come up out of a coffin. I am sure they did not let him do yes, that. Yes, they did. Yes, they yeah. did. You can see the video on. on yeah, uh, I'm trying to remember. I, I vaguely remember that, but I do remember. I used to let my son watch that show. That's horrifying. Well, well it was cute. They had the Muppets, the creepy Muppets in the background. Yeah. I see. But you, can make, you can make death cute. Okay, fine. Um, now, uh, just uh, some other quick facts about, um, about these other clues or these other guesses. Uh, Vincent Fernier, Alice Cooper did struggle with alcohol, but Megadeth was opening for him back in 1986, and he saw them getting seriously messed up and helped them out and, and, and told them, you know, clean up your act. And yes, he did own a restaurant in Phoenix with a 22-inch long hot dog on the menu wow. at Alice Cooper's Town Restaurant, which he co-owned with baseball player Randy Johnson. So that is, could call it a 22-inch Johnson, but we won't go there. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a tie game between David Sheward and Larry Blank, but here's the deal. Leslie Hoban Blake, we're gonna end round one with your question, and this is for you. It's a multiple choice, it's a classic today, yesterday trivia quiz question. 1849 was the year, okay? February 4th, 1849, one room, 20 students, these were the humble beginnings of the University of Wisconsin. Wow. Which of these is true about UW? Okay. A, it's considered bad luck for a graduate of UW Madison's Law School to set, on, to set foot on campus again until they've won their first case. Wow. B, the university's first PhD went to an engineering student who died in a fire later that day. <sighs> C, the university's- Can read that one again, please? I, I didn't understand that at all. The university's first PhD went to an engineering student who died in a fire later Jesus that day. Christ. Okay. The C, the university's official song, On Wisconsin, was originally supposed to be On Minnesota, but the University of Minnesota rejected it. Or D, UW was the first university to offer a degree program in video gaming design. I know absolutely, I know less about this than I know about Alice Cooper. <laughs> okay, okay, video game design, uh, okay. First university, do you have a year on that that they did that or am I stuck out here? I cannot, I, I won't. I, I'm looking for the false one, right? You are looking for the, you are looking for the true one. Oh, I'm looking for the true one. Okay. one. Jesus, God in heaven, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love these rare silences on the show. They're just like, ah. 
Minnesota has too many syllables to be on Wisconsin. So I'm going to say on Wisconsin. I'm going to say C. So you're saying it is true that the university's official song. Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry. I got it. I, I, I keep going for both because I keep forgetting it's true. Sorry. Thank you. I know I saw on Wisconsin in an old movie, an old black and white movie somewhere, but I don't know, you know, how they got permission to do that, unless they made the, the film at Wisconsin, I suppose. Um, you can't step foot on until you win a case. The PhD burned up in a fire, uh, or well, the student burned up in a fire. I don't know. If they, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. The guy with the PhD, or the video game, first video game. I'll say, I'll say, D is true. You're saying that University of Wisconsin was the very first university to offer a degree program sure, in why not? video gaming design. Final answer? Yeah. Well, you are afraid. I, I'm afraid you are okay. not. I didn't get it. Okay. That is not the correct answer. Um, UW has a certificate in gaming design, but they don't have a degree in it. Thank you, Joyce, for the sound effect. There's one that I like that. When I can't find it. Well, I'm going to roll the die now. That's what I'm looking for. And let's oh, thank you. Okay, even better. Three, David Sheward. Okay. Uh, you get to steal this question if you get it right. All right. Read, read it again. Oh, yeah. Okay, here's the deal. <laughs> in 1849, the University of Wisconsin began in one room with 20 students. Which of these ended up, or which of these is true? about University of Wisconsin. A, it's considered bad luck for a graduate of UW-Madison's law school to set foot on campus again until they've won their first case. B, the university's first PhD went to an engineering student who died in a fire later that day. Or C, the university's official song on Wisconsin was originally supposed to be on Minnesota, but the University of Minnesota rejected it. So which of these is true or false? True. Which of them? All of these are false except one. Oh, okay. Uh, the PhD burning up on the same day he got it. It sounds too ridiculous to be false. It's so, actually what happened. Uh, I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> so it's either it's considered bad luck to step foot on the campus until you've won a case. You have to get the a PhD. The first PhD student later burned up in a fire the same day, or on Wisconsin was rejected by on Minnesota. On Minnesota, on Minnesota. It's too many syllables. Da, 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 da. All right, I'll say uh, the, the PhD burning up. It's true that uh, you're saying it's true that the university's first doctorate went to an engineering student who died in a fire later that day. Yeah. Final answer? Yeah, sure. I'm afraid your answer is not so hot, David Sheward. Okay. I made that up. That is not true. So Larry Blank, huh. you have a 50 I know the right answer. You do? <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which, which is true? Which is the true one? Number one. Number one, you're saying it's considered bad luck for graduates of uh, UW-Madison Law School to set foot on campus again until they've won their first case. Is that your final answer? It is. Well, I hate to judge you, Larry, but I have stumped the panel. 
Ah. It really was supposed to be on Minnesota. Minnesota didn't apparently like the song, so Wisconsin took it. And that's that's the actual truth of that's the arrangements I didn't so, do. So does the University of Wisconsin have two rooms now? <laughs> they have a room and a closet. And, and a and closet. Still have an outhouse, though. Santa, Santa? No, no, we're joking now. But but it was the, the song. It was the theme song thing. Was was true. That, wow. that they took a re reject is like you you UW got sloppy seconds on oh. on the marching band song. Sounds better with Wisconsin than it does with Minnesota. Yeah, on Wisconsin. So so here's the deal. We move on now to our second round of the so was was it D the was the correct one? The correct C. answer was C. C. Okay. Okay. C. C singer. It was C. Now we move on to round two of a tie game between David Sheridan and Larry Blank with Leslie not yet on the board here. It's 10.30 in the morning, Eastern time in the Daverhood. You're watching the Today Yesterday quiz on Dave's Gone By. So we go right back to the, the beginning with a new question for David Sheward, <clears throat> who can break the tie. And David, this yes. is a special question for you. Oh. It's change one letter. Oh. I like those. Yeah, maybe yeah. we like this one better than Three Clues in the News. So right. this is Change One Letter about someone who was born today in 1895. Uh-huh. Report 100 whatever it is, 25, 35 years ago. Um, here's the, so Change One Letter, if you remember, it's a little doggerel poem with two clues. So, so each one is worth one point. You get one, change one letter in that answer, to get the other one and the other point. Okay. Are you ready? All right, give, give, give an example for Larry. I'll give an example for, for, for Larry. Um, so Larry, here's the usual one that we do. Where did I put it? Um, Larry, this is just a, 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 an example one. So it holds any picture you've got, change one letter and it's hot. Oh. That's a fake one. That's not a real. We're so, losing you, David. Any thoughts? Can you hear? I know what it. I know what that is. Yes. That's yeah, that, but that's not the real question. That's just let the, him let him guess it though, and then yeah. then he'll know how to do it. It holds any picture you've got. Change one picture, letter, and it's picture, hot. Picture. Right. Picture. What holds a picture, Larry? Frame. Right. That's Change the first one. Change one letter, and it's hot. And it's a flame. Yes. You got it. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. So here you go. Excellent. All right. But David Sheward, this question is actually for you. Okay. And it works the same okay. way. Here's the poem. Um, uh, blah, blah, blah. And it's about someone born today in 1895. To Rathbone's Holmes, this Watson did report, change one letter for a limb and bone support. Oh. Oh, well, uh, Watson was played by Nigel Bruce. So I believe it would be Bruce and Brace. Whoa. Is that your final answer, David Schubert? Yes. yes. Well, Bruce yourself, David. I mean, Brace yourself, David Schubert. <laughs> you have two points. Nigel Bruce is the correct answer. And Brace, of course, is the Well done. That just, yeah. That just came to you. Nice job. Did everybody else get that one? Did everybody else? No, I was working on Basil. That's, that's, 
yeah, I, was I went. I went for the wrong guy. I was working on Basil and trying to find something in that. But okay. Yeah. Here we have. No, that was well. Yeah, done. I knew that. I knew Nigel Bruce played 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 uh, Watson. Oh, I did too, but I never got to him. I was still working on Basil, trying to come up with a word that would get the second part of it, and I um, couldn't come up with it. I, I, I didn't was just thinking. A lot of money. Yeah, that's right. What did you do, Larry? I, I was thinking that even Stephen Sondheim couldn't rhyme Rathbone. Right. Um, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Math tone. Yeah, you know, a musical yeah. shower has a has a bath tone. Yeah. Or a math or a math bone. Or a bath bone. It's not orange. Aren't you glad I didn't say orange? Right. <laughs> All right. We have another question though, and this question is going to go directly to Larry. Now, Larry, you're in second place at the moment, but if you get this question correct, you can tie David Sheward in the game. So, and this is another typically multiple choice question. All right, are you ready, Larry? I am. As, as, as much as you'll ever be, I know. So, um, sad news broke this week of the passing on January 25th of actress Cindy Williams. Of course, we know her from Laverne and Shirley, and she was featured in George Lucas's American Graffiti and Francis Ford Coppola's The Conversation. But she also made a few not so well-known pictures. Which of these did not feature Cindy Williams? A, more American Graffiti. B, slap her, she's French. <laughs> C, the first nudie musical. Or D, beware the blob. <laughs> The one she didn't do, right? Right. She was in movies except one of these. Beware the Blob. Beware the Blob. You're saying she was not in Beware the Blob. Right. Final answer? Yeah. Well, I, I hate to blob and weave with you, but that is not the correct answer. She was actually in the movie Beware the blob, which is a later, it wasn't like one of the early 1950s blob movies. Yeah. It's a much later one. That's why so, I thought she didn't make it. Yet. Here we go. We're going to roll the die. And Leslie, I, I took the liberty of assigning you the number six. So I just got. Oh, thank you. It's, yeah, okay. Thank you. So this goes to you. Huh. you have a okay. opportunity. So it's um, more American graffiti, slapper, she's French, or nudie what? The first nudie musical. Ah, okay. I know she was in The Man Who Fell to Earth, but you didn't give us that, so I can't, I can't vote on that. She was not in. Was there a more American graffiti? I know there was more American pie, but I don't know if there was any more American graffiti. I don't think so. I'm going to say more American graffiti. Is that more? Final answer. Yes, yes, it's it's my logic this morning is quite clouded by my medication. That's my that's my excuse. <laughs> good good to know. Good to know. Well, I mean it's appropriate for graffiti it being a spray. But Leslie Hoban Blake, I'm afraid to say and spray that yes, there was a sequel called More American Okay, Graffiti. I didn't I did not know that. Critics were not um too kind. Roger Ebert rather liked it, but uh, other critics were not. And she was in it. Most of the original cast were she was in it. Okay. So, um, like hot wet summer, right? <laughs> no. Um, here's the deal, David Sheward. Yes. You can take a commanding lead right now because you have a 
uh, a shot. You just what have was she not options. in? What was she not in? Do you know these two movies, David? Just out of curiosity, do you know well, Slapper She's French or Nudie Musical? So it's either Slapper She's French or the first Nudie Musical. Do you I know do, those two I films? I do remember the first Nudie Musical hearing about it. And oh. I think she was, I think she was in it. I think she was. Uh, it was some some ridiculous low budget. Uh-oh. David? For some reason, I'm thinking Bruce Kimmel, who wasn't he married to okay. Sandy Duncan, was in it? No, that's not Korea. That's not Korea. But there's this guy who was on a lot of variety shows named Bruce Kimmel, I think his name was. Um, and he was on that summer show with Dinah Shore uh, called Dinah and Her New Friends. Uh, so I think she was in the first new musical. So I'll say she was not in Slapper, She's French, which maybe doesn't even exist. Is that your final answer? Yes. Yes. Ah, it feels like a kiss, ladies and gentlemen. That is the correct answer. She was not in a real movie that was oh. called Slap Her, She's French. Uh, the movie was directed by Melanie Mayron, our friend of the oh, day. Yes, of course. And featured uh -huh, in the cast oh. someone who that Cindy Williams did work with, Michael McCain, was in there. Oh. Um, and also Piper Parabo was in that, that film. It was like a... You were correct about Bruce Kimmel. Bruce Kimmel was involved with the first nudie musical. Uh, yeah. I Which Cindy Williams was in. So well done for, for dodging that and for getting two more points. David Schuer. David, I think, amazingly, not amazingly enough, it's, it's kind of predictable at this point. You have an insurmountable lead, but we're still going to play the rest of the game anyway, even what though... What was that? That was, that was letter B. Okay. So that came up as a B. Did you tell him that I won last week when he wasn't here? Did you bother to tell him that? Leslie was the champion last week. She beat Julian Schlossberg, as a matter of fact. So that was oh. good. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's only when you're not here, David. You never get to see, you never get to see it. It's so funny. But here's he the deal. Psychs me out. He just psychs me out all the time. But, 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 you know, as proud as you are of winning last week, guess what I have for you right now? Oh, no. Oh, no. news? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, three clues in the news, Leslie, to, to, to wrap up the second round yeah, of our Leslie gets that a lot. She does get them. A lot, Leslie. I've been sick, head. David. It's not fair. <laughs> I should not have to get one of those. You may have. All right, go Leslie. ahead. Hit Leslie. me with it. Go Leslie. ahead. Sometimes I get them. Go there ahead. Go. Three clues. <clears throat> These are connected not to each other, but to some other word that we're looking for related to something in the news. Okay. The, blah, word, blah, blah. the clues are suit language come on Wait, say it again say it slowly this one's a little tough suit language come on I have no idea. Um, I, 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 I get zoot for suit. That's about it. I And come on from whatever the hell that song is that has that phrase. I know the next line, but I 
I can't come up with the word that was attached to it. And language, I have no idea. Be, be my guest, whoever wants to take this. I, I, I can't even think. All right, so you're, you're passing, Leslie. Just remind everybody, of course, that you are the co-host. Fuzzy of- thinking is a side effect of my, of my medication. I swear to God, it really is. Well, this is not going to be easy. I, I'm going to pull that until I'm not taking it anymore. Go ahead, what? Well, I'm saying this is here. I'm, I'm I'm rolling a die, by the way, as we speak. I number five. I don't think anybody has five. Um, we're looking for a four or a three. Hold on, four, four, four is actually Larry's number. Larry, do you have a thought on what might go with all three? I'm totally clueless. Honestly, I've been sitting here going, huh? That's <laughs> that's really. <laughs> People do that for all three hours of this program, I'm telling you. But, uh, all right, so you know what? Instead, well, tell him if he doesn't know the answer, he can talk about an upcoming project, anything he's working on. Or get on. people to yeah. buy yeah, What are you advertising yeah. today? Yeah. So, so instead of an answer, Larry Blank is going to simply yes. say they're, they're playing, what is it? Um, they I'll, 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 I'll tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm going to France soon. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to conduct the the Bernstein Comden and Green musical Wonderful Town at the at the Toulon Opera House in Toulon. Whoa. Well don't be too (laughs) in French. They're doing it in French. It's it's in English. And most of the performers Many of the performers are expats who live in Paris. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, the orchestra, I've done other shows. I did Wonderful Town there three years ago, and I did South Pacific there. The orchestra is wonderful. It's the second largest opera house in France wow. after the Paris Opera and all that. It's a, a, a very good opera company, and they like doing musicals every few years. Yeah. There's so, also a, a, an expat theater in Paris itself. Um, again, uh, actors who went over for one reason or another and, and, get, and never get to perform in English. Mm-hmm. So there's, a, there's an audience among the French for English language uh, plays. At the Chatelet, yes. And yeah, right. Yes. Lots of musicals there, and, and the, they love doing musicals. However, their take on it is sometimes they bring a lot of Brit directors in, and it's really good. Sometimes they use French directors, and as one of my American friends there says, when something weird happens, he says, "Don't say anything. We're in France." Oh, <laughs> interesting. Does so, he so, do them like they're at the Moulin Rouge, or what? Is he going to change the location <laughs> of Wonderful Town? <laughs> well, no, like for instance, in the middle of Wonderful Town, which takes place, you know, supposedly in the thirties. Right. Yeah. Uh, we had. A, an actor running across the stage going, he's not my president. He's not my president. And then they'll uh, yeah. on strike. <laughs> As they were in France. I mean, that, so, that kind of stuff. Well, it sounds, I wish I wish I could go. You know, if you have a, a space in steerage, I'll be on that plane. But David, you go and carry uh, David, Judy, and I all went at the same time on a, on a critics tour years ago. Yeah, of course. We, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But, we, but David Stewart. We saw the Nishkin, right? The, yeah, when we were in France with, with the, the theater critics. But David Stewart, yes. um, I still have an open question here of three clues in the news. Do you have okay. the, the right. clues so, were suit? Suit, language, come on. Yeah. Now, let me see. Suit. It's not birthday. 
it's not it's not romance uh suit it's not three piece um, suit it's not leisure and it's not get happy you know come on get happy uh, right 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 come on board maybe board suit language board language 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 uh uh language oh oh dear you know this is like on match game when they can't get the get the word um we we pulled a recent studio audience to got their best response to this <laughs> blank suit uh, you have, uh, I, okay, um, uh, I don't know what, what this is. Suit, suit. Oh, uh, lawsuit, maybe. Ooh. Law, come on, law. Uh, come on. <laughs> down, come on down. Come on, um, I don't know. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, the romance, I, I don't know what it is. Oh, well, does he want to talk about his um, any of the blogs he's writing? Or well, yes. Yeah, so you can say the David desk as, as oh, yeah. I, I various things on the David desk. I'm uh, well, the latest you know, just, uh, at, at the very end, but but we can okay. say that you're. So I've stumped the know. panel. One. I'm oh, sorry. Hmm? Romance. I don't know. Romance. Yeah. I no. I have stumped the panel uh, once again. Uh, let's see if I, if I can throw. A clue to all of you. Can we get a point? Oh, uh, no, no, no points. Like, ah, nah, fuck, fuck it, shit, fuck it, fuck what? it. What? Oh, oh curse, course, 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 course language, salty language, uh, bad language, Ooh. curse, uh, uh, cursing, uh, 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 um, profane, profanity. Bicep, weight, lift, exercise, lifting, smelly. Larry, you're not even trying. Gorilla, I don't know what he's doing. Now we've gone from. Now we've gone from. But now we're playing charades. the charades? Yeah. Now we've um, to stump the stars. Um, well, if now see because you won the game already, David. You know this is in your wheelhouse. Yeah. And, and playing these kinds of word games, you do very well. Do I not still have another question, though? Even we though we have the time break, exactly. I want to make sure. Uh, it's something I'm lost. All right. The the word we were looking for. Yeah. You can probably kick yourselves a little bit. The word we're looking for: suit, language, come on, strong. Oh. 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 Actually, I'd rather kick you, David. I don't want to kick myself. I'll kick you. Well, strong language, you know, strong which is language. Got it. Come on, okay. strong. And the reason that word this week, anybody? Anybody? Connected? Well, Cecily Strong didn't do anything spectacular, so I don't know. I don't know. Barrett Strong did. Barrett Strong, um, 81 year old songwriter who wrote the original version of Money. You know, the best things in life are free. And, and he wrote Papa Was a Rolling Stone. Oh. I heard it through the grapevine with Norman Whitfield. And he passed away this week. He passed away at age 81. Oh. This week. Oh. That's okay. I didn't even see that. Yeah. So sad. Yeah. I'm on so many tranquilizers right now that I'm just going like this. I don't care. Why are you on I'm not watching the news. 
Oh, you have no idea. I am not myself, really and truly. <laughs> I'll be, well, wow. Oh, well, you look great. You know, there's a, oh, bless your heart. I had to do something. I've been sitting around in my pajamas all week. You know, I thought, okay, I have a reason to get dressed up. David doesn't. <laughs> he goes, David so, goes out to work. Are you back at the theater, David? Upon, uh, I'm going back, yes. Okay. So let me. Okay. Yeah. I want, I want to finish up the game because even though the game is finished and David Schuert is our winner, we do have one tiebreaker question. But here's the deal. Uh, Larry, do you have my a question. What's right? I'm the third person. I get a question. We just did it. That was your question. Uh, wow, you are. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I really am not with it. I'm really sorry. Okay. No, no, it's fine. Yeah, it, I'm not making it up. I'm truly. I'm truly working on one battery right sixth, now. That was the sixth question. We that was. A, thank you for holding up the fingers, David. It helps me keep. keep How many track. fingers was he holding up, Leslie? Hang on, I, I got to do that to me earlier. Yeah. They kept changing. So here's the deal. Now, do you happen to have? a piece of paper and something to write with near you. Oh, magnifique. So here's the deal. We do our tiebreaker question, even though we don't have a tie. We ask that all our contestants for this question write down their answers instead of speak them aloud, because everybody's going to answer at the same exact time. And there so, are no points. This is just for fun, quote, unquote. So yeah, I'll read the question. Sorry, sorry. What was that, Dave? We did have a tie. This would be the tiebreaker. Exactly. So in this particular David goes to all the trouble of writing them, so we have to do have to do them anyway. Yeah. I read the question, then you write down your answer, then I'll read the question one more time. I'll give a three, two, one countdown, and you will hold all at the same time your answer up to the can exactly you have to do it. Now Larry Larry is he's an old he, he's conducting yeah, the Philharmonic. Larry has to say it in French. He has to write it in French. That's, That's right. Yeah. Okay. All right, here we go. Here's the question. And I'll, I'll bet you will all get this one. It's particularly Larry, but you're all gonna get this one. The year and this is a fill in the blank. It's not a multiple choice or anything. Fill in the blank. The year was nineteen sixty. Opening tonight at London's Garrick Theatre is a new musical, Things Ain't What They Used To Be, by the future writer of such tuners as La Strada and Twang. Name that music maker. Mm, say it again. Larry got it immediately. I'll, 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 read it. I'll read it two more times. So here's one more time. Born. Oh, no, sorry, no, not born. Sorry. Opening February 4th, 1960, tonight at the Garrick Theatre in London. A new musical, Things Ain't What They Used To Be, by the future writer of such tuners as La Strada and Twang. Name that musical maker. So Leslie seems to know it, but stum, stum, everybody. David seemed to have it, but he's doubting. And number three is coming up in the rear. I, I don't know. <laughs> that sounds painful. All right. Uh, you have something down, David, or you're still thinking? I've written something down. Oh, <laughs> so you're ready. We're ready. All right. I'm going to read it one more time and then give it a three, two, one. Opening tonight. February 4th, 1960, at London's Garrick Theatre is the new musical Things Ain't What They Used To Be by the future writer of such tuners as Lestrade Hi. and Twang. Name that musical maker three, two, 
one. I've got uh, Leslie Brickus. I've got Lionel Bart, and I've got I can't. And I've got another Lionel Bart. Whoa! Yes, yes. Thank you, you guys, for taking part in this. Yeah. Big fan of Lionel Bart. Um, Larry, do you remember what he? If you if you have any remembrance of this, he wrote something about the the Second World War. I can't remember what it was called. Blitz. Yes. Blitz. Is is that doable? I it's kept thinking a, it's that was survivable. It's a good score. I, that's what I thought. The show itself is not too strong, but the score is so good. And I was thinking it's just about time for somebody to do a Second World War musical, you Blitz. know? It's called And you Blitz. remember Blitz. The L-I-T-E. With, an yeah. with an exclamation point. Yes, he invented that. The exclamation you know point. Howard's line about the show, of course. Well, no, no, no. I forgot. The show, if I knew he it. said it's longer and louder than the original. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> that's great and we're not mentioning of course that lionel bart also wrote a little show called oliver oliver yes yeah. well did any of you you're not old enough to have seen la strada right did anybody catch that before it i the, the, i was around the, you mean the musical version of la strada the musical version of la strada they took out most of bart's songs by the time it got to broadway but it, it was a, a burn Who was in it? Well, Larry, you were saying? Bernadette Peters. Bernadette Peters and Larry Kurt. And it played at the Lunt. I wow. remember. Larry Kurt played played the strong man? Yep. What Good Lord. Zampa knows. Zampa knows? I can't hear him. He was the male lead, yeah. Um, it closed after one performance. Yeah. yeah. But see, see, I can see Larry, Larry Kurt. Kurt play Zampa Sorry. Sorry. I'm so sorry, I was interrupting. I said, do you think that's because Larry Kurt was playing Zampano? <laughs> but, not not prime casting, as far as I would think. No, it was it was a total misfire. I remember it very well. It was about 1969, somewhere around there. Somewhere. I can see Roberta Peters doing that. I can see her. Remember, uh, uh, um, not Roberta Peters. Bernadette, Bernadette Peters. Bernadette Bernadette Peters. Bernadette. Oh, Bernadette Peters. Not Roberta. Yes. Yeah, no, Ber oh, I no. Oh, God. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh. Listen, ten more minutes. Uh, but anyway, we're <laughs> and I actually knew Lionel Bart, and I I um, did a, a benefit in London where he spoke, and oh. he, you know he was a nice Jewish boy from Whitechapel, and that wasn't his real name. I for, I forgot what it was. Bartlestein, I think. <laughs> but wait, was he messed up? I mean, because he would he would he just let himself get dissolute. But did he hold himself together? Or and his. And you know he lost the rights to Oliver. He sold them yeah. for three hundred fifty pounds. Yeah, like. Oh, no, and, um, but he he mumbled. He was like he was on stage talking to the audience, and it was totally not because he was drugged. He just mumbled, and he was unintelligible at the Palladium. Going blah, 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 blah. everybody was going, huh? Did he have like That's sad. That's really sad. Just quiet and, and what his, a talent. I mean, he wasn't he was a talent. Well, wait, 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 Larry, I want to ask you though. Like you said you knew him, you saw met him a yeah. few times. So did he always mumble and that's just the way he was? And, and he mumbled and he yeah. was just very quiet and soft spoken, and he was best friends with Georgia Brown, hmm. who did the lead in Oliver, whose Sweet. real name was Lily Crot. <laughs> Lillian Crot. Wow. So if she ever did a uh, movie with nudity in it, there'd be a crotch shot. But you know, I don't know what that means. And I she was no terrific. Idea. 
So, so tell us one more before I, I make my you know and thank everybody, Larry. I got to hear one more story about some famous Broadway person because we we we're all Broadway people here. Tell us something amazing about somebody you really knew and worked with. Well, uh, uh, I'll tell you a silly story about Michael Crawford. Um, uh, Michael Crawford, uh, superstar in the UK, in Australia, uh, you know, in, in those countries, because he had a television show called Some, <coughs> Some Mothers. <coughs> he played this idiot, you know, but he did all of his own uh, special effects and, you know, and, and tricks. And he was well loved for that. So when he did Phantom, that's why it was such a giant hit in the UK. Huh. And he can't walk down the street there uh, because he's recognized. So I was conducting his concerts. <laughs> and he's a very serious character. He takes every moment very seriously. And, and we all remember him from Hello, Dolly, where he was this geeky kid. So when he sang The Phantom, everybody was overwhelmed. So I was conducting for him all the time. He was always going, help me make... And I was on stage with him <laughs> a foot away with this big symphony orchestra. I'm talking about when we did concerts. And I couldn't help myself. And he would go, help me make the music of the night. And the sound man would put it through the echo chamber. And the audience was just sitting there like this. And he'd go like that. And I turned to him at the end of the number and said, is that it? <laughs> 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 Did he have a comeback, Larry? He just burst out laughing. Oh, yay. And, and he said to me, please don't ever do that again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Such wonderful stories. If you want to hear or read more stories from Larry Blank, you have to get his brand new memoir. It's called I Was Playing Their Song, and it is available. Oh, what a great title. Yeah. And well, well read it, Leslie. It's from you can get it on Amazon. It's on Amazon. Uh, okay. LarryBlankMusic.com is also his website. Larry, do you have a, 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 a an audible version? I'm yeah. actually preparing the audible now. Are you doing it yourself? No, I'm, I actually found an actor out in Long Island who sounds like me. I thought you were going to get Michael Crawford to do it for you. I would, I would, I would love to get Danny Burstein to do it. Oh yes, oh. yes. Or Rabbi Sasson. Ask Solomon. him. <laughs> Ask him. He should do it. Well, no, the job is already you know, is, is taken. So, so, but uh, William, yeah, oh. I get Danny Burstein. That would work absolutely. But Mazel Tov on the book, and and Bon Chance at, when when you're playing in France. Now, David Sheward, you. Are writing, of course, for the blog, the David Desk, culturaldaily.com, and theaterlife.com. So, what is something, what are a couple of things that people can read that you've written over the last week or two? Uh, well, I have a review of uh, Some Like It Hot on Theater Life, and it will show up on uh, Cultural Daily soon, uh, as soon as I upload it. And uh, let's see, what else? Uh, on the David Desk, I have news of what's to be expected. Uh, uh, Leslie Odom Jr. is going to do a revival of uh, Pearly Victorious. Yeah. Pearly, of Ossie Davis's Pearly Victorious. Play? The play. The play, yes. The mm -hmm. play. Mm -hmm. uh, and I am working. It's, it's Pearly. It's called, is, is it the play or the musical? The play. Oh, yeah. the because it was the musical was as well. Pearly was the musical. 
directed by Kenny Leon, who was directing, who's like done every show on Broadway this this wow. season, it seems. Yeah. Uh, and uh, let me see what else. I'm no, Carol Burnett. No, he did. Yeah. He has well, something I'm... about reconstructing Carol Burnett show part thirty-five down the Helen Reddy wormhole. Yeah. <laughs> I just I had the latest is down the Helen Reddy wormhole. Such a good title. Yeah. I love that. I know. There was a there was there was a half a show on last night with Jerry Lewis. Oh yes, and I I'd forgotten when Jerry Lewis was good, he was fantastic. And that was the sketch was they good, did. But he wasn't, you know, old, fat, sad Jerry Lewis. He was and that so was good. the sketch they did on the Gary Moore show first. Wow. Uh, wow. And the uh, Helen Reddy situation happened because on the DVD uh, collection, the best of the Carol Burnett show, one of the shows with Helen Reddy does not have the music, the music, the musical numbers because they couldn't get the rights. So someone tweeted uh, back at me and said, oh, well, here's the missing 12 minutes. Uh, oh, cool you know what I love, David does, David does something that, we also get books from the little library boxes. Yeah. He oh. found a box in the little library and reviewed it. We always yeah. do that. Show him the book you oh, got. You're gonna, you guys are gonna love this. I have this <laughs> before, before I talk to Leslie. Literally last week, and I, I talked about this earlier on the show. How's this? The greatest book title ever. And this is an Oprah, was a book of the week kind of a thing. Some girls. Yes. Some hats. And Hitler. <laughs> Doesn't get better than that. Some girls. Some hats and Hitler. Oh. Is that Hedda Hopper's, Hopper's book? Whose book is that? It, well, it wasn't. It was by Trudy Cantor. It was published. This is a real Scribner's book. Um, it was the actual memoir of woman. Well, if you put and Hitler on anything, it's going to sell. Yes. I mean, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I buy but, Hitler candies at that. The yeah, that and that link to Helen Reddy led me to there was a whole channel on YouTube of Helen's appearances on the Carol Burnett show. Which oh, really? Available any which were like not available because the rights weren't available and somebody bootlegged them. So that was interesting. Cool. Does, does uh, the drama desk member whose name I cannot remember at the moment, the one who works at the Paley Center, does she follow you and 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 fill you in with things? Oh, that's Jane very Clay. cool. Jane Clay. Yeah. Jane Clay. Yeah. Yes. I couldn't I've, think of Jane's name. Uh, yeah, I have uh, visited the Paley Center and seen what they have. But um, I mean, she has. But she has access to stuff that isn't being shown. Yeah, you well, have yeah. to talk to her sometime. Okay. I have, and the Haley Collection does have certain things that are not syndicated right. or on YouTube. Right. And by the way, she's always finding something and giving it to the public, which I think is wonderful. You know, Leslie Hoban Blake. I know. I know you. You. We got something. No, no. We we put up. No, no, no. We oh. we we put up. Um, finally put up. Merrily we roll along. We got Diane Snyder to sit in for me. And I introduced it and 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 said thank you at the end. That's all I can really do. Um, I I can't wait for it to go to Broadway because at least I'll be able to see it then. And um, David, you're still not available, right? Uh, me? Yeah. Well, it depends. On, it depends on the show. I uh, just. Uh, what do you remember? What I asked you to do because I don't remember at the moment. You asked me to do the Neil Diamond show, and I haven't seen it yet. Oh, you still haven't seen it? Okay. All but right. I, well, I am. I am seeing some shows. I am seeing. Well, uh, let me know what you're seeing. Tell me, please. I'm seeing pictures from home uh, and Endgame today and uh, The Wanderers. Okay. I've I, I got invitations to all of those and they are later in the month and I'm crossing my fingers that I'll be able to go, but I doubt I it. Hope, I, I, hope don't, I don't better. see it. 
Right, well, Leslie, just just for my brand, I also want to end the segment here. But everybody can watch Leslie and and some other co-hosts along with Charlie Gross in a very long-running theater review show, Two on the Isle. Uh, there's a YouTube channel for Two on the Isle, and plus it's on Manhattan Neighborhood Network Cable TV. So, guys, it has been absolutely uh, just just so much fun and so delightful to have Leslie Hoban Blake, <laughs> David Sheward, and Larry Blank in the neighborhood on this Saturday morning. Everybody give glowing kisses as I remove you one by one. Nothing personal, I just have to remove you. But thank you, thank you all so, so much. Pleasure, for being thank you. In the neighborhood. Good thank to you see much. you all. Thank you. Nice meeting you, Lex. And, and <laughs> nice meeting you to feel good, Leslie. Thank you. Bye. Au revoir. I didn't get to say au revoir, you took it away. Bye, Leslie. And have a great week. And have a great week to you, too. We hope to see you, too, soon also, David Sheward. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, so All nice right. That's so nice to have the crew. If Vicky was there, it would have been the Trinity. Vicky, she's a half hour away. She's, a, I don't know if we'll get to see her, but she's physically up in, in Northern Maryland as Thank we speak. You, so, but hey, what a, what a delight to have all of you here watching the 880th program of Dave's Gone By. With me, Dave Lefkowitz, my wonderful wife, Joyce. It is a little bit after 11 o'clock in the morning, David, Eastern you know time. What are you always fascinated about? What are you always fascinated about? I'm fascinated about, honestly, yeah. how people who, I mean, okay, so David and Leslie know each other. But the guests have always such overlap and such. Um, well, it's not like I'm getting aeronautic engineers. No, no, but but yeah. it, that everybody kind of knows the same stuff. It's kind of crazy. The New York theater world yeah. is a you know a smallish world, and people who yeah. know people or have at the very least heard of people. I mean, when, when we said yeah. Jane Clayne of of the Paley Center, like Larry John, oh, yeah, Jane Clayne, we we know these people. This it's is just. just Especially if you're in New York. Well, actually, Larry isn't even a New Yorker. No. And I'm not a New Yorker now either. So. It's a small world after all, but welcome to the Dave's Gone By world. For more information about the show, go to davesgoneby.com. I want to fix our sink. I looked it up. I know, it's a disaster, yeah. I could just turn off the water valves underneath and try to screw it. Yes, but what do we do about the, <laughs> about the our water faucet? It was it was so tragic this morning. I went downstairs to make coffee, yeah. and our our water faucet in the sink has come loose. So it's been tilting and leaning. You know where it should be staying straight. You can you can swivel the head, but the whole thing. And this morning it just it literally was like a placid dick. It just went like, and it's just wiggling all over the place. And it's got to be fixed. And, and we're gonna see if we can do it ourselves. Yeah, you just turn off the water. You empty underneath. You gotta like get a washer or something and do it. I'm gonna try it. We're gonna try it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, so. For more information about me, by the way, I have another website. It's called DaveLefkowitz.org, DaveLefkowitz.org. And that is the place where you can read my plays, my theater reviews, my song lyrics, my interviews with people. It's all the written stuff that I've done or, or worked on. DaveLefkowitz.org. And then, of course, Dave'sGoneby.com for the archives of this program and shalomdammit.com for information about Rabbi Saul, including his great stage show Shalom Dammit and evening with Rabbi Saul Solomon. We have the video footage of it from about, gosh, it's more than a decade old now. And then um, what else from Rabbi Saul? Well, his rabbinical reflections and the 10 episodes of his hilarious TV show. It's Shalom Dammit. 
dot com. Well, it's about 10 after 11 in the morning Eastern time, and we still have some more to do. As a matter of fact, we have our Colorado Limerick of the Damned. You're the poetry, man. Yeah, do, do, but before then, how are you feeling? I can't, I can't get this cowlick thing to stay come down. Here, love, come here, yeah. 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 yeah, there it yeah, goes. Show me, show me. It's down now. No, no, do my head. You always got to go with the curl, with the direction of the curl. Go with the direction of the curl. I will use Jerry Curl, but my name's not Jerry. Anywho, we have, oh, shake me out. Get the, get the, the dandruff off. I love that shirt. You look so pretty. See, the shirt is light enough in parts to cover the severia. It's wonderful. Uh, oh, God. Please don't say words like that. <laughs> it's time for Girly Crimes and Old Times, ladies and gentlemen, which is a real thing or, or based on real stuff that they print in... The local newspaper in Greeley, Colorado, it's called the Greeley Tribune, been around for well over 100 years, which is why one of the columns that they have in here every week is called 100 Years Ago. Mike Peters goes through the newspapers from 1922 and now 1923 to find stuff that to our modern eyes is kind of cute or funny or ridiculous. Plus, there has been a column called Cop Log, which are funny things that have happened in, um, or, or I, I should say, people see weird stuff happening in the neighborhood in northern Colorado, and they call the cops. But sometimes what they're calling in is just totally stupid and ridiculous. The, the only negative part of this is that um, the Trib has stopped publishing that column, at least online. They haven't had a new one since early November, and here it is early February. I've written to the woman who coordinates that there, Morgan McKenzie, uh, and I wrote to her back in December, and she's just saying, yeah, there's a glitch, there's a thing, our hands are tied. What what, what what hands are tied? You write a column, you post it. What's, what's the big, but she was very nice. Yeah. But this is a problem because we are running unbelievably low on grilly crimes, and, and we keep getting still, thank goodness, some old times. So we will have one grilly crime and a couple of old times and a really cool elsewhere this Saturday morning on Dave's Gone By, Grilly Crimes and Old Times. <laughs> Yes, ladies and gentlemen, really crimes whole times. So we're gonna do one crime. We're gonna make the best of it because we're, we're, as my my mom said, we're jalaping them out. We're 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 being very parsimonious, like one a week, mm -hmm. just to, in the hopes that the column comes back. Save them, well, you know, yeah. You can just make them up. No one will know. You know, I could do that. It was like who? Who was Why it? Was it Conan? Recycle old ones. Just go back, you know. The best of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just grab, go through your notes and just go bloop, pick one randomly, like you know, not not really randomly, but you know. Random esque. Yeah. Yeah, just grab one. But here, this one is real. This this was actually okay. happened. We have a caller. Oh, Bailey Young caller. <laughs> uh, could be. Well, no. Well, maybe a caller near near Eighth Avenue reported. Reported that a homeless man peed in front of children. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, at least he didn't show them where the fudge is made, I'll tell you oh, that. No, but yeah, yeah. Well, he probably might not have known. 
the people are present. Right. I mean, listen, I have I have to go a lot, so right, yeah. I thank goodness I've never had to go in public. But I do remember as you a make me carry your bucket. No, but as a child, I do remember when we would go like to Florida. We drive in my in my grandpa's station wagon, and I just remember holding out. I'm like, please, can we stop at a rest area? Oh, yeah. And they'd be driving, and we're like looking. You know, Cause so, you go along a giggle, and, and it's fifty miles. Yes, we had like a AAA yeah. map. You know, you're like, whoa! They're like, we can't get off the road. Oh man. <laughs> Yeah, um, no, I, I get it, I get it. But also, they, I understand the adults just, I just want to get there. Yeah, Shut no, but up. Also, yeah, when yeah. you don't have GPS, they had a yeah. AAA map, so you're following a map. And if you go too far off the map, you got to get back on the... And that, yeah. You know, oh, so man. I, oh, yeah. I feel for the man. I'm sorry, but you should watch. First step when you're going to we out in public is look for people. Yeah. Or the first step is if you go, who knew back in the day, you bring a, a, a girl urinal. Yeah. And you can kind of just... Whoop, whoop, whoop. I don't think this homeless man needed a girl here. I don't think he did. I do not. So let's do some old times. These are things that were in the newspaper. Actual Greeley Tribune. It's called the Greeley Tribu Tribune Republican back then. 100 years ago, back in 1923. Yeah, I love that shirt on you. Yeah, nice. Yeah. You look so handsome. Thank you. You look like a lumberjack. That's why I married her. She, she, she you look like a lumberjack. Well, I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay. Sleep all night. I work all day. A county judge in western Colorado. <laughs> was arrested this week, oh no, for selling illegal bootleg whiskey uh -oh. to high school boys. <laughs> I just read about a professor yeah. who, who um, was buying meth or something one of the yeah yeah not in our not in our state well, he's state. breaking bad yeah. That's bad yeah he was buying meth or some kind of like a uh, bad drug and then they did a sting the police did a sting and they caught him they caught him buying the bad stuff. well this thing wasn't selling i mean i don't know i don't know oh, that's you know. yeah no, I, I i saw a headline i didn't have time to deal with it but i saw there was literally like a priesthood or a monastery and everybody there tested positive for meth Oh my god. <laughs> I get it probably by accident. Or they um sometimes like, you know I mean I don't you know, like thing you can get contaminated. I mean that could happen. Well they say if you handle American money, if you handle oh, any kind of dollar David, bills. I heard that that's like um Old wives? Yeah, I've heard that when I was a kid, like wash your hands after you handle money. Yeah. But then wouldn't bank tellers be perpetually high? I mean, they're Maybe they are. It gets them through the day. I don't know. Getting, yeah. touching people's money. I mean, remember, we're talking about a something percent of cocaine residue on bills that you're not ingesting. So yeah, it, but if you touch your hands, to, I don't know. Yeah. Kinda... But anyway, um, this judge, there's a little more to this. This judge who was allegedly selling illegal bootleg whiskey to high school boys, Judge Michael Welsh is in jail today after sheriff's deputies learned that the boys were regular customers and came to the judge's house regularly to purchase the illegal booze. I mean, it's, you know, hello, Mr. Chips. Can, can you, I mean, it's one thing when professors back in the day would invite students over and then they'd make a meal and they would have that old English, which I, which I kind of like the idea of, and, but something I would never do. But having the kids over and saying, here's, here's you know, 50 proof. This stuff is, you know, you're going to bring your tongue on this one. This is 68 proof. It's like, wow. No. Anyway, um, here's another piece from 100 years ago in the papers. Miss Quinlan, her class of sixth and seventh grade girls, 
they outclassed the boys of the same classes in a basketball game. The score was so bad they wouldn't release it. <laughs> I love it. It's like, uh, keep moving, keep moving. <laughs> However, the boys are obviously better in football. Oh. Wah, wah. Uh, well, maybe girls have that growth spurt when they mature quicker and I they got taller. That women are, you know, maybe better at that sport. All the, so I've, basketball. I've had all kind of athletes. Yeah. The most like industrious athletes I've ever had was the girls volleyball team. Mm. I had the whole team and they were like, well, I mean, it depends on the group. But, you know, maybe the boy team wasn't as good as the girl team that year. Obviously, obviously not. Or maybe the boy team was watching the girl team, or maybe the girl team was just like, we're better. Maybe, yeah, they were better. They, as I said, maybe they were significantly taller or something. I don't but don't, can't you play, like, touch football or flag football where you don't, like, tackle people? You can. Yeah. So I, maybe even in touch, I mean, football. I don't know how you, I don't know. Yeah. Um, it is interesting. I, I have a number of students in my class, women who play field hockey. Ooh, they do the hockey thing. Field, yeah. right, you know, one a couple who play ice hockey. Can you explain to me what field hockey is? Is it like, um, what did Josh play? It's not squash. Yeah, we I mean, play lacrosse. Lacrosse. So how does we have lacrosse players. We have a lot of athletes. Field hockey is on ice, like lacrosse No, field hockey, field hockey, you go out almost like soccer and you play with a puck on grass. But that's like lacrosse except well, lacrosse have these weird. Why don't yeah. they make it a separate sport, not just make it lacrosse? Well, I guess there's whole different rules, whole different. Yeah, you know, know, why might why not make golf hitting someone in the head with a stick? I mean, it's a whole I different. Don't know. Uh, I, mean, I would thing. do that. Yeah, I would too. But what was I going to say about that? Um, oh dear, about women playing. So, well, is it when you get women playing now hockey and you get women playing baseball? For sure, yeah. a league of their own. You get women golfers; that's huge. But you don't really. Do you get? I don't think there have been a women's football know. thing. I'm sure there's a, many leagues and stuff, David. We just don't know about. Yeah, maybe, that. but we really don't hear about like college, high schools, or even junior high schools, or having girls on the team of football. Uh, maybe because it's played like. Well, sometimes you, know. you do when you see those like stories where it's like. Um, like, you want to see them playing rugby. No, no, I wouldn't want to see them playing rugby. You always see those stories in high school where it's like some woman, young woman, she's like, oh, I want to be on the men's football team because they don't have a, a women's team. But I don't, I don't know. I'm not a good... You even, you, I, I'm thinking is, you even have women boxing. Remember yes, that Clint Eastwood uh, movie, uh, The Million Dollar Baby? Muhammad Ali's daughter was a boxer. Oh, God, yeah, right. But yeah. So, so everything, but football is the one thing that you really don't see that. But I, it's interesting... Because I would watch this uh, college high uh, and high school wrestling, mm -hmm. which isn't the fake WWE, uh, you know, slam bang ridiculousness. I mean, it's real like, wrestling. Now imagine two women in college or, or, or you know high school teens wrestling each other in little skimpy outfits. I think everybody would want to see that, and yet you don't see it. It's just boys wrestling. And I don't know why, you know, Greco-Roman something. I don't know how something. sports develop in the way they did. Forget Greco-Roman wrestling. Where's the Sophic wrestling? That's what I want to see. I don't understand the whole, the whole thing, like how things develop. I, don't I do not. I do not. Anyway, let's do another old-timey thing. Many intelligence tests for grade school children in Greeley had this question. Quote, what is the difference between a fly and a butterfly? 
word butter. Yeah. Well, the answer included that a fly has to be shooed and a butterfly does not. Wait, wait. You don't put shoes on a fly anyway, but yeah. No, I don't you, put shoes. They go to Zappos. You know that. Yeah, exactly. But but what else did they? One student said not only that, but the butterfly makes butter while the regular fly does not. Who? Yeah. Was someone on some sort of medication when they wrote that? I don't. I don't know. But um, if only butterflies did. Well, technically, mm -hmm. if you figure butterflies pollinate. Mm -hmm. And then cows eat the pollinated things, and then indirectly, I guess butterflies help make butter, in a manner of speaking. I guess. I, I don't. I, I have nowhere to go with this. I thought I, I was thought I was getting somewhere, but I wasn't. Let's do an elsewhere, and then we'll come back with one or two more old-time things, and then wrap up the segment. But elsewhere just means it's a piece of weird news in the news. That isn't from Colorado. It isn't from Greeley. It isn't from Evans or Northern Colorado. It's far, far away. And this is an old story, but I just came across it this week, and it's worth sharing. This is, it happened in 2022, and it's a story from Budapest, Hungary, um, and many sources have covered it. This particular story comes from the LAD Bible, whatever that is, but other sources have covered it all, all or, uh, but it was a year ago. A woman in Hungary has opened up about how she found love with a toy plane which with which she now shares a bed and kisses every morning at night. I like that. That's nice. That's a good... Honey, it's a toy airplane. Sandra, no, they don't give a last name for some reason, age 28 from Budapest, says the toy jet is, quote, the best partner she's ever had Aww. after he turbocharged her love life. The Hungarian has been obsessed Aww. with planes since she was three years old and dreamed her entire teenage years about working with them. So in 2021, two years ago, she finally secured a job in the aviation industry. Wow. Now, previous human partners that yeah, she has had had no issue with Sandra's interest in planes, but then she broke up with her boyfriend in 2020 and started a relationship with a toy airplane that she bought online for 600 pounds. How much is that? That's uh, back back in the, now it's about $600. Back in the day, it'd be about 900 bucks. Oh, that's nice. His name is Lufanx, she said. Oh. And I don't know why I love him. I just love him. He's my soulmate. Wow. She added... I felt that way about a chocolate bar. <laughs> <laughs> That's very nice. Uh, or actually some peanut butter. <laughs> peanut butter. You got peanut butter in my chocolate. I got peanut butter in my peanut butter. Well, she added, she added, quote, we cuddle oh, and kiss a plane? with a toy plane. No, but it could hurt her. It's got sharp parts on it, no? We cuddle and kiss throughout the night and we have sex. I repeat, we cuddle and kiss throughout the night and we have sex. I've never felt like this with a partner before. For the first time in my life, I am in love. Aww. Yeah, I guess that's the plain truth of it. Aww. That said, she 
she is tempted by the bigger planes at the airport where she works. Oh, bo oh boy, there's going to be some cheating. She are said. Are they married or are they just dating? They're just, they're okay, just so together. She could, she could wait, no, 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 wait, wait, there may be more to this. Hold on, hold on. But she says, quote, 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 the most I do with other planes at work is just touch and blow a kiss. I'm not too sure if I will ever go back to a human relationship. <sighs> Please note, the story of Sandra is not the same as the story of Russian nursery teacher Rain, Rain? who in 2020 fell in love with Gideon, Aww. a men's briefcase. There must be some. There must be some condition where people do that. I just don't know what. When it they is. fall in love with an inanimate object. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unlike Sandra and Lufonks, however, Rain and Gideon had a ceremony, Aww. and they are unofficially married. So we can only hope that maybe uh, you know Sandra and her, <laughs> her airplane tie the knot, as it were. Yeah. You know what they would be? They would be united. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Uh, you know, you know, led, you know who was the um, the efficient? Who? Spirit Airlines. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no. At least it wasn't Ryanair. Then the relationship would go down in flames. You I'll know tell what you. they went on their honeymoon? What did they win on their honeymoon? Frontier. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. But you know why they had problems? Why did they have problems? They couldn't come to the U.S. because none of them has status as a. An American. <laughs> no, as an, uh, well, she could be pan-American, if you think about it. And then you know what happened? What's that? Well, they were uh, vigorously involved in activities, and her jet blew. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. This is why we're married. This is why. <laughs> yeah, I keep trying to think of, of um, let's see, let, let's, let's just run through a list of various airlines and make jokes about them. No, let's not. <laughs> Names no, of air... Lines. Now it's too late now, but you, you got a couple, of a couple of good ones. She's allegiant to him, and then he knows exactly where her delta is, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, you know, he starts looking above the waist, and she's, no, no, south, southwest, southwest. What? There's got to be more airlines than this. What the hell? A list of large... List of airlines in the United States. Come on. Got to be a, a whole lot more than this. La, la, la. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, really. I guess there really aren't that many. Uh, or stuff that you would have heard of enough that it's worth making the joke about. Well, this sucks. Okay. Uh, there's, there is a Grand Canyon Air. But I, I don't think, uh, well, depending on how big that airline is, maybe maybe she is down there that large. But I don't know. I honestly, I guess these are all just American ones. What are the other? Lufthansa. Largest airlines in the world. Let's see. By company revenue. What else can I make fun of? There's, uh, uh, this really sucks. They used to have so much better names, and now it's also so corporate. Well, a lot of places also merge with each other, David. It's true. This is awful. Boo! Boo worms. Oh well. Anyway. Go go further, let's, honey. Go further. Let, let's go let's finish up with one or two more of the really old times on Dave's Gone By on Grilly Clams All Times. So here's one more 
from 100 years ago in the Greeley Tribune newspaper and, and reprinted a week or two ago. Leaders in, oh, this, this, yeah, check this out. Leaders in Hollywood have said, this is 1923. David, what? is today the fourth or fifth? Fourth. Oh, thank you. Leaders in Hollywood have said that Fatty Arbuckle oh, cannot make any more motion pictures with himself as the star. Why not? Well, it's apparently yes. his overweight problems oh, that have angered some political and motion picture producers. Wow. Can you be? Can you imagine the who? Why they would put that lie or that wink or that whatever in there? Yeah. What? That's terrible. Yeah, so like, yeah, the trumped-up rape charge from 1921, nah, it's his weight. Yeah, but everybody knows. It's like coded stuff, you know? Yeah. Like, I was reading the, I guess Pamela Anderson wrote or ghost wrote a book. Really? And, yeah. yeah. And they're writing all about, like, the casting couch and, like, people, like, certain things people are aware of. Like, these are not new concepts. What he did, I'm sure everybody knew. He didn't do it. He, he, no, he threw every, a party. Yeah, yeah, but everybody at the time probably knew the, knew the reference. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's like when a comedian now makes a joke on the talk show, everybody knows what he's talking about or what she's yeah. talking about. It's not like, oh, what's, the, what's that reference? We all know. But why put that in? It's like, well, it, it's his, he's, it, we call him fatty, but the weight has become a problem. It's like, that that just makes me mad. it's a public mad. health reference, you know, like they want him to be healthy. Who knows? You know, some writer probably had, like, the newspaper writers were always under the gun. Maybe they wrote it five seconds before it printed. Yeah, well, I don't know. I, I don't want to end with that one. That one just no, makes me mad. No, happy. But this is cute. This is like a negatorial little thing. Did little you ever thing. talk about the man who lived on ketchup? Oh, we can't. We, we should because we have. We'll, do that. I think we talked about. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. hold that one. I think we did well, a bit. Or we'll talk about it after after I'm this. I'm obsessed but, now with stacking. You notice? I see this. I don't yeah. <laughs> so here's the deal. Let me just line everything up. This is a little little quip because sometimes back in the day in the newspapers they would just put in little little jokey aphorisms and cute yeah. little little bits. Filler, right? Yeah. The difference, and, it, and what's nice about this one is it literally holds true today. It, it still works. It's still true. It's still funny. The difference between precious little babies and brats is that the brats usually live across the street from you. Oh. Huh? Huh? Wow. Cute, huh? Deep. Yeah. Get a fresh little bit? No? No, not, not? All right, well. What can I tell you? Baby. I don't know how that baby gets in this room. We don't have children. But there you go. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Greeley Crimes and old we got my music going thank you old times mr horace greeley was no fool no, he was not. i'm sure that you'll agree with me that greeley was no fool what he is getting at is that mr greeley was no fool boom, boom, boom. Yippee -yay, yippee -yay, yippee -yay, yay yay yippee yay yippee 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 Thank you, Groucho. Hi, Mark's there, ladies and gentlemen. It is 11.30 in the morning. Whoa, quiet. I think your, your phone is on. Uh, Joyce's phone, can you uh, remove that, please? Thank you ever so much. Weird. 
Anyway. David, I was not in the room. I know. Your phone just magically kind of uh, announced itself. <laughs> about the Lunar New Year shooting of all things. My phone is very into, into current news. So. I wanted to participate, David. I don't blame it. Let me bring this down a little bit. Let me go. There we go. Ah, much better. So, um, 11.30 in the morning Eastern Time it is, as we do our 880th episode of the Dave's Gone By Facebookio Podcastio Programio of the Stream with me, Dave Lefkowitz. We have done 879 prior ones of this, amazingly enough, with nearly all of them available at davesgoneby.com, archive.org, or the audio-only at castbox.fm. We also have a YouTube channel, the Dave's Gone By channel, and you can find our stuff on Facebook. Don't forget the last four or five years we were doing this on here, and Facebook just automatically saves the show. So however you want to watch Dave's Gone By, feel free, please do, and, and, and watch old episodes so you can see some of the wonderful people we talked about. I, mean, I mentioned, um, or, or Rabbi Saul Solomon mentioned, when he was talking to Larry Blank, that on this program in the years past, we've had some pretty famous and wonderful people for interviewees, including the two stars of the Broadway show they're playing our song, comedian Robert Klein, who was a wonderful guest just a couple of years ago, and uh, equally wonderful, Lucy Arnaz. She was on the show, and we even had Lucy Arnaz's husband, uh, Larry Luckenbill, on the program. So yeah, we, we get him. And if you want to hear these interviews with these people, all you got to do is go to davesgoneby.com. It's there for free, downloadable, or streamable. If you don't want to bring something onto your hard drive, just just check out the website, and I think you will not be sorry, excuse me, that you did. Because we also, um, we're so proud of the people who've been on this program that we want to remind you or let you know what they're up to since they've been on the show. So, for example, we've had the three people who were on this particular episode reminding you that Larry Blank, well, he's going to be in, uh, in France in a couple of weeks conducting Wonderful Town. So if you happen to be going to France, go see it at the Opera House. But I um, also want to remind you, of course, to get his book, which is kind It's funny, I keep sort of... What is wrong with it? I Was Playing Their Song is the name of it. I Was Playing Their Song, available wherever books are sold and digitally by Larry Blank. We thank him so much for being in the neighborhood. We thank David Sheward for being in the neighborhood. Read his reviews at culturallife.com, uh, theaterlife.com, excuse me, and culturaldaily.com, as well as his blog, The David Desk, and watch Leslie Hoban Blake on Two on the Isle, and of course, check out ShalomDammit.com for Rabbi Saul Solomon and his Twitter feed, at Rabbi Saul Solomon. We have had so many wonderful guests like them on the show over the years that we like to let you know what they've been up to ever since. So we check in on them in our segment that we call Friends of the Neighborhood. So, for example, some friends in the neighborhood, here's what they have been up to. Eric Jensen, don't forget that you have, I think just till this weekend, to catch him on Broadway 
in the play The Collaboration. It's about Andy Warhol and uh, Jean-Michel Basquiat and the Even art dealer. Has who... my phone uh, suggested anything? No, no it, it suggested that people buy tickets to see The Collaboration on Broadway at the Samuel J. Friedman Theater. I think it's closing this weekend unless it was extended one more week. But Eric Jensen is in there. Get your tickets. And get your tickets now through this week, well, today and tomorrow, to see our friend J.O. Sanders. He's in uh, the, the two workshops that they're doing of Shakespeare's Richard II and Henry IV. It's Theater for a New Audience that's doing it at the Polonsky Center in Brooklyn, again, with our friend J.O. Sanders. Remember that you still have this weekend and one more week to see Jill Sobule's musical, Fuck 7th Grade. It's at the Wild Project, and that's uh, downtown in the East Village. With It's both created by and starring Jill Sobule, now through February 11th. Now through February 12th, oh my God, it's an Austin Pendleton alert. The ubiquitous Austin Pendleton has directed a Broadway show. It's called Between Riverside and Crazy, a very well-received off-Broadway show of a few years back. They brought it to Broadway. It's being done by the second stage at the Hayes Theater now through next weekend. I want to let you know that Katsura Sunshine is doing his solo show of Japanese storytelling. It's called Rakugo, and he does it once a month on Saturdays at New World Stages. So check uh, check when he's doing it next. Tova Felchu is on Broadway in Funny Girl. Lilius White is on Broadway in Town, And of course, Alan Menken is the composer for both Aladdin, now on Broadway, and the revival of Little Shop of Horrors, now off Broadway. Jim Caruso's cast party every Monday night at Birdland. Um, go see that. Get tickets at birdlandjazz.com. Evan Seplow is the founder and editor of stagebuddy.com. And Dr. Demento does new and old Dr. Demento shows at drdemento.com. And, oh, and I'm going to shout out, even though I don't know if we'll get to physically see her, but Vicky Quaddy, uh, she is traveling. She's doing her show in Maryland today, but usually you can catch Late Night Catechism, Are You Smarter Than Your Eighth Grade Nun, and Bible Bingo in repertory at the Greenhouse Theater in Chicago. And those, my friends, are the friends of the neighborhood. Thank you, Ludwig. Well, it is 20 to 12 Eastern time in the neighborhood on this Saturday morning. It is uh, February 4th, 2023. So what else? Well, Joyce mentioned, and we never, we still haven't a chance to talk about it, but it, it ties in very nicely. We went to Trader Joe's about a week ago, and we saw something that really, huh? Do you want me to go get it? Oh, yeah. We, we saw something that shouldn't exist. My phone talks. Let me know. I will. I will. This is something that there's no reason for this to legitimately exist in the world. And yet Trader Joe's makes it and sells it. And of course, being the potato man that I am, I bought it. Choices is kind enough to be running downstairs to, to, to show what this is. So they have spices, lots of them at Trader Joe's. And you can get like everywhere else, garlic, garlic, I might have. Garlic powder, um, you can get 
you know, uh, celery pie, celery salt, I guess, salt and pepper, ground pepper, of course they do in salt, and, and all your usual accoutrements. I don't know if Trader Joe's does cumin, but they might. It probably is a Trader Joe's cumin. Oh, it's my scale! Mazel McGlick! Joyce, Joyce is having a fun time downstairs. Um, we can actually talk about that when she gets back up. But, um, so... Dave likes his spices. I, you know, I'll put spice on chicken. Well, so will you. But it's a big thing for me. It's, um, you know, it's, it's, I'm nowhere near any kind of chef or cook or anything else. But I always feel a little bit special, like when I'm warming up. Well, this is true. When I'm warming up a rotisserie chicken that I bought already fully cooked from the supermarket, and I'm like, well, let me make this special. So peel. I'll rip off like a drumstick and piece of the leg or, or some of the white meat, and I'll throw it on a plate, and then, aha, I'm being a chef, and I'll grind on a, you know, a little bit of cumin or tarragon or sage, or generally something else. But, oh, oh yes, thank you for bringing him too. So we go to Trader Joe's, which, well, this is from Little. This is, this is it. Now, we know, that potato loves, loves, loves ketchup. Good. Joyce is removing Mazel Tov, a thing. From the, so this is what potatoes, you know, as, as you know, as if you watch this show, you know I collect potatoes, the, very specifically this potato, and have this box just in case. quite a lot of them. I will. And potatoes really, really love eating ketchup. Yes. Right. And I love ketchup, too. I mean, who, who the heck doesn't love ketchup? But who knew that you could make ketchup in another form? And that Trader Joe's would bother to do it. Yes. So, ladies and gentlemen, we saw, and we weren't looking for this. We had no idea this existed. I was surprised Potato didn't say it. Ketchup flavor sprinkle seasoning blend. Because, I don't know why because. Ketchup is the one thing everybody is going to have in his or her fridge. And so if you want it's the taste so of ketchup. Stable, right? What, sorry? So stable. So is ketchup. You're actually not supposed to put ketchup in the fridge. You're supposed to keep it like, it, it, it sort of supposedly loses some of its flavor if you refrigerate it. Uh, it's not one of those things where you use, keep refrigerated after opening. But this idea, if I have some dry turkey, you know, dry white meat turkey, if I have chicken, if I have a steak, if I have any kind of meat or poultry or fowl or even, you know, I used to, I, I know some people will object to this, scrambled eggs, ketchup, 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 ketchup. Why? Did someone have the idea that you would need powdered ketchup when you're actually making something? Because eventually you know you're just going to dip it in ketchup anyway. It's not like you have like a little liquid puddle of cumin. Like, oh, I really I want the flavor of cumin it's or less, cilantro. It's less messy. See what it says. Does it give you any? Well, it's got zero calories, so we know it's good. It's got 40 milligrams of sodium in a quarter of a teaspoon. 
So that, that's actually quite a lot of salt in there, quite honestly. Uh, no carbohydrates, which is not, and no sugar, which is odd. So what the hell is it? What is this stuff made of? It's made of tomato powder, sugar, kosher salt, vinegar powder, which includes the beloved maltodextrin, and distilled vinegar, uh, something concentrate. I can't make out what that is. It's rice concentrate? Onion powder, yum, and garlic powder. So they mix them all together to create ketchup-flavored spring. But it seems like the most useless product ever. I'll get, I'll get reviews on it. As opposed though, to ketchup. ketchup from Trader Joe's. Yeah. The difference here. Wow. Well, what? They love on it? Burlap and Barrel, it's got uh, 120 people. They've got... Uh, 4.9 stars, and it's got 4.5 stars from 3,000 people on Amazon. I guess they like it. Here's Wait, how can, you, how can you have it on Amazon? You can't, you can't ship it anywhere. Are selling it. Yeah. Um, you want to see how to use it? How do you use you know, ketchup-flavored sprinkles? Let's, let's take a look at this. Um, they, they also do have everything but the bagel seasoning. That's very popular, too, yeah. And you might remember TJ's had a product that has since been discontinued called um, um, ketchup-flavored spud crunchies. Ooh, yeah, no, no. And that's no, cognitive dissonance no. for them, yeah. Now you can recreate a similar similar flavor combination by sprinkling the ketchup-flavored sprinkle seasoning blend on your favorite potato chips. All oh, right. yeah, that sounds, you could do that. I could. Just like many other highly anticipated Trader Joe's releases, uh, this seasoning is likely to fly off the shelves fast at only $2.99 a bottle. Okay. Um, how do they achieve a ketchup flavor yeah. in powder form? That's what your question yeah. was. Yeah. So they list the ingredients. Yes, yeah, correct. Which is, by the way, apparently different from the pizza flavor uh, oh, sprinkles. Good. Wow. And it's not really it, sprinkles per se. It closely resembles the classic condiment that it's named after. However, it's a bit on the salty side. You said that. Saltier you than said that. Yeah, yes, you said yeah. that. I remember when you tried it. Uh, but you can get creative with how you use it. Uh, for the label mentions to use it on snacks. Like what? I would hope not like chocolate-covered peanuts. Well, probably like potato chips or Doritos or something. Yeah, maybe. Homemade oven-baked fries. That makes yes. sense. Except... You're going to put fries in ketchup! Yeah, but it's less messy. Yeah, I don't care. It's fr they're going to be greasy anyway if you're putting your fingers in the thing. Favorite burger meat blend. Um, for those who love to dip their... What? What? For those who love to dip their grilled cheese in ketchup. Yeah, people do that. No! I mean, granted, I will, I'll have an egg, a salsa egg thing. Yeah. But grilled cheese, oh no, I they gave me an appetite. I just lost the, no thank you. I don't want real simple. I don't want real no, simple. No, don't click on appetite. It's on my phone. You're going to like mess it up. Oh no. What? I just clicked no thanks. Yeah, but I don't know if I'm going to get now. I don't have my. Um... I looked at the screen and then I looked back at the screen and the screen had changed. So blame me. I anyway. I blame you. Yeah. But ketchup flavored sprinkles. Most pointless invention of the week. And yet, I did use it. I put, I put it on when I made a lamb last week. I didn't really taste it, but it added to the overall flavor, probably the saltiness of the lamb. And the idea, though, 
you still got to go with a regular ketchup because there was a guy only two weeks ago, a guy who lived for, I think it was three, so three weeks. full weeks at sea. He, he, was, he was essentially marooned on like a boat for three weeks. And he had nothing to eat on the boat. Did I have a list of... No, I didn't really have much of the details because I was going to talk about it last week. But um, he was on this boat, marooned there. And it's not as if it was a passenger ship with, with tons of food and provisions. So all he had was this stuff called magi, which are like soup cubes. He had... What was the other thing? Do you remember? Magi, I think. Yeah. And Maggie, he had ketchup. And he did have one other thing that was kind of useless, like a, a spoonful of salt or something, yeah, something or uh, Maggie ketchup uh, survivor. But this man, he would eat Ma yeah. Elvis Francois from Dominica, was lost at sea for almost a month. And the only way that he survived, and he did survive, and he's... Uh, I tried to win Shut back. Up. He was in pretty good shape. Was uh, ketchup, garlic powder, and maji seasoning cubes, and some rainwater that he was able to scoop up with a cloth during his 24 days at sea. Because, of course, even though you're surrounded by water, you're not surrounded by potable water. So he lived on a spoonful of ketchup a day, some garlic powder, garlic powder, and maji, uh, what's called maji soup cubes, apparently getting just enough nutrition to keep him alive. So I think we know what you know. Garlic powder, okay, garlic is healthy. Garlic has some stuff in it, but how much garlic is going to help you? Mm -hmm. And soup cubes, or right, if you mix it with the rainwater and something, you, you you got something. But I think we know that. What really kept this guy alive was the magnificence, the taste, the beauty, and, and the nourishment provided by good old-fashioned to make a ketchup. I think it's a word for the wise to everybody. You should yes. always yes, wear every in your car trunk, in your ambulance wheel, uh, wheel well, yes. in your schools, your classrooms, in your nursing homes. Always have at least how many bo bottles do you think? Seventeen. Seventeen. No, make it eighteen. Make it high. Eighteen bottles of ketchup wherever you go, so that if, if the apocalypse comes, or you are unmoored, let's say you're in California and the earthquake comes and it really does split off yeah. and go floating into the Pacific Ocean, you at least have ketchup for enough of the time that uh, that you can come and be rescued. I, 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 I you know. Just when I thought ketchup couldn't get any better, they make ketchup even better. What an extraordinary story. Anyway, um, it is, oh, eight minutes to noon Eastern time here in the neighborhood. We're doing Dave's Gone By, finishing up with, in, in the worst and most disgusting way possible, because ladies and gentlemen, it is time for our Colorado Limerick of the Damned. And this is uh, something that I started doing years ago, when Joyce and I were living in Colorado, and I got it into my head to write a poem about as many places in Colorado as I possibly could. You know, and it's not just one poem with all the places in it, all these different limericks, these five-line 
really rude, disgusting, comical poems, each of them about a different town or city or municipality in the great state of Colorado. Well, I've got almost 250 of them right about now, and I wrote a new one this week. I'm still able to find new ones and try and rhyme them with something. And so this, this particular Saturday, February 4th, we're going to Indian Hills, Colorado. I'm going to tell you a little something about it and then hit you with the Indian Hills, Colorado limerick of the damned. You're the a limerick is a comic verse of five lines in which lines one, two, and five will end with words that rhyme. And likewise, verses three and four also end with words that rhyme. So this is a limerick. Colorado, Rago, 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 it is. Rocky Mountain High we go to Indian Hills, Colorado, for our Limerick of the Dam. Now, Indian Hills is a small little town, not that small, it's got about 1,300 people in it. And it was originally settled by John Parmalee, who wanted to create a toll road between Morrison, Colorado, which is where Red Rocks is, and what is now Conifer, Colorado. The property changed hands a couple of times during a silver boom and bust, and then basically you had a bunch of years of farming. In 1918, developer George Olinger built a golf course there and named it Indian Hills. Well, it started <coughs> attracting folks from Denver who wanted like to do a log cabin experience over the summer. So it, it grew. It's, it's about a mile and a half high with pine forests. So it's a tourist destination and also a rural community there. And in 1976, this is kind of cool, it was even part of the plan to have the Winter Olympics in and around Denver. Uh, but it fell through because environmentalists were saying, you know, that they won't be good for the local environment. And, and traditionally, most cities don't actually do financially well after the Olympics are over. So Denver and the area did not get the 76 Olympics. But if there had been one, some of the stuff would have taken place in and around Indian Hills. Uh, the, Indian, yeah, the Indian Hills Community Center is now known for the funny sayings they put on their front sign. And it's kind of taken off and become a meme of its own. For example, quote, that awkward moment when a zombie looking for brains walks right by you. Or, I heard the word icy is easy to spell. Looking at it now, I see why. Get it? I see why. I hear I see is easy. Uh, I get it. Autopsy Club this Saturday, open mic night. That's funny. That's really, oh, come on. Welcome to the Assumption Club. I think we all know why we're here. Aww. I love that one. And finally, to the thief who took my antidepressants, I hope you're happy. Oh, I like that one. See, they change the things on the signs all the time. This is outside the Indian Hills Community Center like in Colorado. Oh, you're happy. That's cute. I don't think they would put this limerick, this poem, up on their sign. Oh, no. I dare you. I dare them. Not, they would not. They would not. Um, and it's not even uh, dirty, naughty dirty. It's mm -hmm. just sick and tasteless in only the way that old Dave can write them. Mm -hmm. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado or a don't, here is our Colorado Limerick of the Damned for Indian Hills, Colorado. Ahem. 
When it comes to torture and sickening kills, you can't beat that fellow that's from Spring Lake Drive toward Harcroft Road. Well, no, <laughs> I don't think we should do that. What? You must be triggered by phone with your talking. I I know. It's like, it thinks I want to go to Indian Hills. <laughs> that's totally gotta go there. I have to go up Harcroft Road to the road to get to Indian Hills. It's a long drive, yeah. It's a good, it's telling you something. Yeah. She wants to tell you something. I mean, we're probably about 1,800 miles away. Here we go. I'm going to start again, ladies and gentlemen. When it comes to torture and sickening kills, you can't beat that fellow from Indian Hills. He kidnapped one victim and punched him and kicked him and gouged out his eyeballs with two cordless drills. Is this on? Is that? Yes, that is our Colorado Limerick of the Dam. Please send your comments and complaints to Dave's Gone By at AOL.com. D A V E S G O N E B Y at AOL.com. I read every letter I get. I don't have time to respond to everybody. Again, a thank you from two weeks ago for all the folks who uh, sent me nice messages on Facebook for my birthday. Thank you, thank you, thank you again. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. That's the only way I can remember my name, so sing that song. But yeah, you can also reach me on Facebook, message me, or if you are a friend on Facebook, you can certainly post under the show and then send me messages that way. But I do love to hear from you what you liked about the show, what you didn't like about, no, I just like hearing what you liked about the show. But I want to get all your cards and letters and information and cool things. I want to thank um, old friend Barry from Manhattan Neighborhood Network who even sent me a birthday card. A real, a hard copy. I love it. Yeah, I didn't know where that was from. That's what I wanted to Yeah, it's not, it's not lovely, so, so that's really, really nice. So yeah. thank you. Um, but, yeah. From Manhattan Neighborhood Network? Yeah, yeah. Uh, she was a woman who helped Charlie and Jeff oh, and me when we were, I mean, they're so still doing the show. Yes. Yeah, oh, I remember. I, I think she did the camera, right? Yeah, well, yeah. it's one of the camera people. So really nice. Um, so thank you. I mean, nobody sends a hard copy birthday card. I, I think I got four hard copy cards. This whole thing, you know, one from my mom, one from my aunt. One from my parents. Uh, one from your parents. Yeah, and, and like one, and, and this one from this woman and one other, I think. And like... Nobody else, nobody else sent me, and, and this woman that I haven't really physically seen in probably 20 years. So I think that's, that's really lovely. Anyway, um, contact me, Dave's gone by AOL.com. Check my Twitter feed, Radio Dave 2, Radio Dave and the number 2 to, to read my tweets. And also Rabbi Solomon's Twitter feed is at Rabbi Sol, S-O-L, at Rabbi Sol Solomon. And then what else? What else do you need to know about me? Remember that the websites are davesgoneby.com and davelefkowitz.org for my writing. I think that's about all you need to know. So we've covered quite, covered quite a bit on this episode of Dave's Gone By. We've covered ketchup in its powdered form and the guy who lived off regular ketchup for three weeks on a boat. We've covered uh, going, did I talk? Yeah, I talked about the eye doctor early in the show, a little bit about that. And of course, some girls, some hats, and Hitler. Mm. We didn't do, I didn't do the Jimmy Carr laugh. I'm gonna do the Jimmy, you wanna do it with me? I cannot. This is the Jimmy Carr laugh that we talked about last week. I've gotta do it because we finished episode 880 
of Dave's Gone By. Ha! 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 And gearing up for episode 881, which I'm presuming will be on next Saturday. So be here 9 a.m. to noon or thereabouts Eastern Time, right here on The Neighborhood on this Facebook page. We're trying to get a, a guest. We don't know who it is yet. Haven't heard back, but we're hoping it'll work out. Whether it is or it isn't, we hope to be here and expect to do a brand new episode for you of Dave's Gone By. Until then, stay warm. It's just another one, really one more day of heavy cold temperatures, and then it gets right back to normal winter. Uh, and even abnormally warm winter around these parts by Wednesday and Thursday. So enjoy it. Um, any holidays this week? Any Anything important coming up? we got the Super Bowl next Sunday, oh, wow, I think. Oh, really? Unless it's this Sunday. I'm not even, you know, as soon as the Giants and Jets were out of I'm like, so who cares? Um, I know a million people care, but really. Uh, um, yeah, that's it. Have a wonderful week, and we'll see you next time in the neighborhood and gone by. Dave's gone by. Dave's gone by. Some girls, some hats, and Hitler. Ha! 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 Ha!